Everybody and welcome back to BK's Bullets. This is your post E3 2017 show. I don't get any feedback that anybody likes or hates these, so we're going to continue to do them. As always, I am joined by my buddy Jim Afanis. I give you feedback and I like them. Well, you're the only one, and that's why we do them together. Yes. But uh, we are here to talk about E3 2017, what we liked, what yes. we didn't like. But also to hear about Jim's experience attending E3 2017. Yes. So I, I guess I want to dig into that first. Okay. Um, so you went, this year they opened it up to the public. First time ever. For sale, right? For sale. Um, in the past they've given away like some promotion stuff for people who won contests. But this was the first time they opened it up. They opened up a block of, we found out later, it was 15,000 tickets. For fans. Now that's not a lot. It is not. Because you go to MegaCon and there's 100,000 or 80,000. MegaCon was 100,000. BlizzCon um, is anywhere from 40 to 65,000. And they're actually expanding again this year. PAX is well over 100,000. Comic Con is in the trillions. Right. Comic Con is probably like 300,000. And growing. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So, and they did what they did was the first, I think, 1,500. They reduced the price to $150 for a three-day pass, mm -hmm. and then the, the remainder, the remaining $13,500, were $250. So now you had a couple, you bought tickets first, so and then you had a couple of tickets that you won, so how did you end up offloading your extra tickets? So we, uh, we were part of the Xbox Fan Fest debacle both times. Part of that quote-unquote settlement was a free pass for each of us. And I contacted the company that is the management company behind EA, or E3, and said, hey, I have a voucher. How about I give you the voucher code and you give me back my 250 bucks? And they said, nope, all sales are final. You can transfer the ticket if you want to somebody else. But I'm like, oh boy. Luckily, I was able to sell the actual raw codes on Craigslist, Los Angeles of all places. I posted it because I figured, why not, right? Yeah. So I, I made an account on Craigslist, Los Angeles, and I posted both tickets there. And I, out of the those 500 out-of-pocket that I spent, I got back 450 And those were the Xbox codes you posted? Yes, which were just identical to what I had. Yeah. Um, they were just, it was a code. You went on the site, and then you just entered in your information. So they paid me up front on PayPal. I sent them the code. I said, please let me know if everything goes through. Both people are really nice. No problem. Thank you so much. And off everybody went. Now, if you had not gotten free tickets through FanFest, right. either through their, their fuck-up or uh, right. actually winning, mm -hmm. could you have bought an E3 ticket just before you traveled over there? Or no, were they gone? No. they. So we didn't know. You, know. you experienced a little of it with the PlayStation online thing, with the online ticket sales and how fast that is. Yeah, it fucking sucked. You start to see, like, you hear people, like, waiting online in Amazon and refreshing for the Switch or for the new Super Nintendo console they just announced. People are doing that now. Like, I guarantee you there's people sitting in their house on Amazon right now refreshing that to try to get that Super Nintendo console, even though it hasn't even been posted yet. So, Rachel and I are no stranger to this. So, just to play it safe, we took the day off work when the E3 tickets went live in public. Turns out it wasn't nearly the draw we thought it was. But we both got tickets immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I found out they didn't sell out for almost a month and a half later. 
I didn't know. Wow. I didn't care. I still wasn't. We weren't in the first fifteen hundred either. I didn't care. Um, but I didn't find out they sold out till about a month and a half later. But ultimately, about a month or so before the show, they were gone. Well, it's a pretty pricey ticket at two hundred and fifty bucks. It is, but you have to remember that it's a three day event as opposed to BlizzCon, which is anywhere from t- like one seventy five to two hundred, which is a two day event. Right. Now. And the volume, too. they got to make money. Yes, yes. So it's a little bit higher price because they're only having 15000 total sales. The only drawback to E3 is the event days are actually shorter. So, like, on the first day, I think it was 12 to 6, and then it was 10 to 6, and then it was 10 to 5. Oh, wow. So as where BlizzCon is, like, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., it's a very long period of time. This was definitely shorter. Um, But the volume of things with all the participants, with all the swag... A lot better opportunity to get stuff because people are there trying to win you over amongst all the other competitors. PlayStation wants you to play in their booth. They don't want you to go to Xbox. So they're going to do whatever they can to get you there and keep you there. Mm-hmm. So while you were there, I, I mean, yeah. you you kind of – we kind of set expectations beforehand saying like, okay – Jim, you're crazy. You're going to wait in line all goddamn oh, yeah. day. All day. Every right. day. Right. So – on a day from 10 to 6, so that is, what, uh, eight hours total? Yes. So take an hour and a half for lunch, right? got to wait in line. We packed uh, carrot sticks, hummus, <laughs> cheese sticks, beef jerky, and we had a huge breakfast, and we skipped lunch every So you day. skipped lunch. Okay, so you Hardcore. you knew we knew we were getting into what it. you're getting into. We knew we were getting into well, that's, it. that's good, smart uh, planning that, from you guys. All that gym cardio paid, it, paid its dues when I stood there for hours on end just standing there, and I was just, just burning that strong like burning ox. That. <laughs> <laughs> burning that stuff off. So, so how many – okay, so of the eight hours that you were there in the convention center, how many did you spend in line on average per day? What'd you uh, guess? Pretty much, pretty much, we would walk straight from place to place, wait in line, and there wasn't a lot of like running around, like trying to figure out where we wanted to be. We knew pretty much what we were doing. Um, definitely on uh, the first day was the most deer in headlights day. And <laughs> the palm, <and> the dog. <laughs> definitely Monday was the first deer, or Tuesday was the first deer in headlights day because on Tuesday. Um, we wanted to walk around. We didn't know what we wanted to do. We ended up stumbling into Nintendo a little late after we kind of walked around other things first. Um, but on average, we would wait three, two to three hours to play 20 to 30 minutes every day. That was pretty much the routine. There are a few exceptions. PlayStation had uh, predetermined time slots, so we got into those very quickly. And then there are a few indie games that nobody knew about that we just walked right on and played and then just got bored and left. So do you feel like the in, the indie games would have been a better use of your time if you had seen every indie game there? Or like, I guess my question is, what were you there to see? What were you there to experience? Honestly, that's funny because we didn't get to watch any of the press conferences. So we jumped from EA Play to Xbox. Well, actually, I saw the Xbox one. But I played the games during the Fan Fest, so I didn't even go to their tent there. I had no idea what PlayStation was going to show. So we, we actually did see the PlayStation one, now that I think about it. Um... We really had no idea what to expect on a lot of these. Um, my biggest thing was Destiny. I know we always talk about Destiny. Destiny 2 was my number one thing, and that was the very last thing we saw at the very end. I also uh, had really wanted to check out Mario Odyssey. That's, that's, I, I guess I'm puzzled why Destiny was your, your number one item because uh, it's launching in September. 
It's kind of a known quantity. It's a sequel to a game you've played Correct. for the last three years. And that it has an open beta. That's the other thing. It has a yeah. beta that's coming out that um, you know we wanted to go check out. Like You're going to get to check out because we pre-ordered it. So it's not like you're never going to get to play it. Yeah, you're going to play it very soon. So I guess I'm curious why that was your number one. Um, I don't know. I guess... I guess I really bought into what their messaging was on the second one, and you just want to see it on PC, maybe. I did. I did want to see it on PC, but there was definitely a lot of hype with that, and I think going into it, just kind of gauging the audience of other the other participants there, the other people we talked to waiting in line. A lot of people are talking about Destiny, first person shooter, Call of Duty, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, you're right. I want to play that again because I really was into Destiny for a very long time, so. I don't know. I mean, I guess that was probably, and it was hard to get into. So it was just one of those like supply and demand things like, oh, I can't get into Destiny. I have to play Destiny. You know, like. It's got to be the best thing on the floor. It has to be. It has to be. I, because I chipped away during the EA play. I got to play the, uh, the, battle, the Star Wars Battlefront game. I played Need for Speed, which was something I was somewhat interested in. When I went to the Xbox Fan Fest, I knocked out Sea of Thieves. I knocked out Call of Duty, or, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, I got to play all the all the Xbox games. Everything that you saw at the conference, I got to play. So when you really kind of like leave what's left, it was Nintendo and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And then Destiny naturally was like, it rose to the top. Okay. Well, so uh, that's good that you had a... Those other events gave you access to games yeah. and therefore opened up E3 for you to, be, to have, had, be more strategic. Had I not gone to fan... Like, so we didn't go to the Xbox exhibit at all. Except for the last day when they were shutting down to see if we can get some free stuff. That's the only reason we went. Um, and we were really excited to... Rachel was like... She wasn't as excited as I was about it. She's like, she didn't really care. Um, but everyone wanted to check out Sea of Thieves. And that would have probably... That probably would have been the worst line period of anything. I would argue the Sea of Thieves line was longer than the Destiny line. was longer than Call of Duty, well, World War II line um just because so many people were interested in it mm -hmm. and the demos were so long they did really long demos so had i said i need to go to the microsoft thing and i need to play this game i have a feeling i would have not gotten to see half of what i saw elsewhere you know what i mean mm. interesting so i would say that that really that and the ea play which wasn't the greatest event the way it was run but i got access to some of those games i got to knock out so if you go again next year, which you probably will, you're going to continue to try and get the same access to Xbox Fan Fest and EA Play because you discovered that that's the way to really do E3 as a just a, a non-press attendee right. because it opens up your schedule it to do the other items. It gives you opportunities to go see everything else. If I hadn't done the EA Play, if I hadn't done Xbox, if I hadn't done the Bethesda thing, um, yes. It would have really limited my time, and I would have had to say, okay, out of all the Nintendo games, pick the one you want to see. Right. Instead, I played all the Nintendo games. We got to check out all the PlayStation games. Instead of, like, we did the VR thing. We did the regular thing. We played Knack. We played Detroit, Become Human. We saw Spider-Man behind closed doors. We saw Uncharted behind closed doors. I probably wouldn't have got. I have to say, like, pick one of those things, hit all the big ones. Go hit one Xbox thing a day, one Nintendo thing a day, one PlayStation thing a day, squeeze an Ubisoft square one day, and you're done. That's it. That would have been your conference. Wow. So, um, but, you know, in, in hindsight, I did really get to play a lot of stuff. Um, and I think the biggest, like, deterrent to me 
was how poorly some of the vendors treated non-industry like owner like pass holders. It was very clear to me they had there was a, there was definitely this air of elitism that like you saw my badge today at work. It was bright yellow. Like right, can't miss it. You can't miss it. It's like hey, look, I'm a noob. I don't matter. <laughs> like. And it was very clear, like even during demos when they were talking about stuff, they, were, they weren't looking you in the eye. They were looking at your badge. And if you had a blue badge, which meant you were either industry or like an insider or whatever, um, you got to the front of the line. They give you better loot than like everybody else. Like, hey, here's like a brand new shirt for you. And then Mr. Press guy. And then you walk up and they're like, hey, here's a sticker. <laughs> like they're getting on Axe shirts to press. Right. To, the, to the common folk, I got a sticker. So I definitely felt like a second-class citizen at some of those Which places. Which is weird because a lot right. of those things, like the press guys, you'll never see them on IGN. I don't watch GameSpot, but kind of funny. They're typically wearing their own shirts, right? They're if wearing, not I, any shirts without a logo on them. Correct. Because they don't want to right. uh, give the implication that they're advertising for something unless they let you know. Unless it's on their personal time and they're like me and all they wear is gamer shirts and it's 100% funded by E3 uh, loot, which I doubt. Um, yeah, it was kind of frustrating. And it did it did definitely lead to a lot of... Um, it was like an us first them at times. And you could just see the way... You could just feel, you could almost feel like resentment. It's the, it's, it's, you almost feel resentment from some of the people running like, oh, I can't believe I have to show Jim Rayman's, uh, the new Rabbids Mario crossover game. I'd much rather be on camera talking to Mr. X from IGN because that's actual press. Like, I want to get my game out there. Like, Jim's not, I'm going to give Jim like a half-ass demo mm -hmm. because he doesn't matter. And I, you could just you could just see the body language of how they interacted with the fans versus the press. Not everyone, but a lot of them. The longer play time, better loot, cutting in line. And it was at times it was like, man, I really feel like you guys are dumping on. Me. So so I wonder if some of that was just uh, not the people that were running the boots, not a, not having planned to or adjusted to the new culture of E3 with with that's, the public in there. That's a possibility. Because that might have been the way that they did everything in the past, and now the E3 Association or whatever, right. ESA, decided to shove all these public into their faces, and they didn't ask for you guys to be there necessarily. Maybe some of them did, maybe not. Right. But if you're just a developer used to talking to a press that is familiar with you, your work, or your game, then, yeah, I could see having a... Uh, uh, Joe Public in there being a little bit of a hindrance on what is a work day for you trying to to do your job and make sure you get enough as exposure to your game as possible. That's true. Um, you, you may be right. You know, it, and it's funny because it wasn't every single one of them. Um, I did a really long video. You probably don't watch it. It's like almost an hour long. Rachel and I going through every single booth. And I was just thinking about that when you're asking me this question. PlayStation actually, for as much as they embraced this gaming culture, they were by far the worst culprit of that attitude, this elitism attitude. They didn't have many stations set up. It was really press gets in first. Press gets to see a lot of these little closed door or like these little roped off areas that only press gets to see. And they didn't, it wasn't set up. It was set up more like a trade show than it was like a, hey, we're going to bring a crap ton of PlayStation 4s 
grab a controller and go play. Mm-hmm. They were definitely very like press oriented, you know, setting up like here's the lighting for the camera to stand. That X is on the ground. Set your tripod here. Play with your view over the shoulder. I'm gonna stand here. You're gonna interview me playing the game. Like they, they were more focused on that than they were on letting me check out Nap Two, which was like oh, but. They were also... Jim, it is NAC 2. It is. It was great, by the way. We'll get into that. It was great. But I like NAC 1. I think I'm like one of eight people. But I'll tell you that, like, for every one of those kind of, like, jerk moments, you had a really sincere moment, like meeting the guys from Moss, the, the PlayStation VR game, the little rat. Yeah. Those were, like, the coolest guys. They were just normal guys. We were, we were really excited to be in line. They came over and talked to us. Um, I said, this is my first E3. They're like, us too. They were joking. I guess you got to build a game to get in around here. Very sincere. Spent a lot more time with the fans and the press to the point that they were kind of shunning the press off. Like, hey, go away. We're talking to our fans here. Like, right. We don't care. Well, Publish that, what you want. That's kind of like a, almost a guaranteed sale. Like, oh, yeah. You said you and Rachel walked away from that game more interested in PSVR than you had ever been before. I totally have been bombing and my most disliked video of all time is how much I despise PlayStation 4 Pro as a 1080p TV user. You're that right. is my number one. I think I have like 7,000 thumbs downs on that. Like that is, it's insane how much people hate me for that. Um, despite that, those guys at uh, Moss explained to me the advantages of a PlayStation 4 Pro with VR. I finally tried PlayStation VR with my glasses on. I was able to see it perfectly. I enjoyed it. That was my first ever real VR. I mean, yes, I've tried Oculus Rift because what we do for our jobs. I, my, one of my friends has a vibe. I've seen them, but I have to take my glasses off. Right. I did not have to take my glasses off the PlayStation VR. And it was the first time ever like I got to see it and understand it. And those guys sold me. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can understand this. And they're like, yeah, but you know, there's other benefits too. And it's like, wow. Um, so they got into the software side probably of yes, how much they're yes. able to leverage on a PS4 Pro versus Absolutely. a regular PS4. Absolutely. And they were very – they were really – the guy was a real fa- uh, fan of VR as whole. And he was even explaining like, well, these are things that we don't do as good as our competition. But here's why we do what we do. And it was, it was very enlightening. And I'm like if everybody treated it like that, you would go away being the most loyal fanboy of every single thing you met. Right. To the point that Rachel is legitimately wanting to buy a PlayStation 4 Pro and a PlayStation VR when Moss comes out. She's like, I want this game. I want to support those guys. I want to play it. Wow. And enjoy it. I'm like, that's a freaking huge investment. It is. You're that's, that you're talking like a uh, grand. It's like it, it's, a grand plus the game, right. sixty bucks, right? Which yeah, I assume it's going to be sixty. That's how serious she is about it. I'm like, holy smokes, now. Um, I mean, not all that. We don't have it yet, obviously. It's going towards Moss. They're just getting the 60. They're right, not getting. Right, right. But the, the point is. Um, just buy the game and not buy the VR. That's what I said. Pro. That's exactly what I said. It's a gimmick. I know it's a gimmick. It's going to be like all this other crap I get, but it, it was fun. And the, I guess the point is there are people out there, and I mean, this is true with everything. There's good and evil in everybody, but um, there were a lot of people out there who were genuinely there for the fans. And when you weeded those people out from the crap, and like the Mario Odyssey people were really, really cool. The guy running the arms demo was really, really cool. It made up for the other stuff. So as a fan who's kind of on the fence, like I don't know if I want to go or not, I think you owe it to yourself to be put in that environment because you'd be surprised 
how many people work there are just in shock that they're working there as you're in shock standing there talking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so after going to this, yes, would you go again next year if they open it up to the public? Yes, I think I would. Um, I think, though, we were talking about this just the other night. If Xbox does a fan fest again, which I don't see why they would not, I think knowing that it's pretty much every year you're getting a free E3 pass, I think that's almost a must. Or if you don't get that, you have to have at least something in lock. Like we're going to the PlayStation thing. EA plays free, so I guess that doesn't really count. Like anybody can get into EA right. play, and I don't see why they're going to stop that. But I really feel like you need one or two ancillary events beforehand so you can really deep dive stuff. Because I'm, I'm, I signed up for the technical alpha, but I'm, I'm not kidding. I played Sea of Thieves for over two hours. Like I don't want to play it anymore. Like I played it so much. They're like, do you want to play again? No, I'm done. I want to go home. Wow, Which, that's a long time standing at a booth. For- well, they, you got to sit in a pirate's boat. Oh. <laughs> That's why it's such a long line, a place to sit down. But that was the, but but that that was the opportunity the fan fest afforded me. And I got even though that EA Play wasn't run very well, I did get to play a complete match of Star Wars Battlefront. And I'm like, okay, I know what it is. Mm. Thank you. I got to play it. I don't need to play it again. So those ancillary experiences I think they're a must. Are a must. Yeah, and getting into like the Bethesda thing and the PlayStation experience doesn't really count because that's just you know, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I know. I'm looking at the <laughs> notebook over there. Um, but yeah, I, I really do feel the ancillary stuff helps a lot. Um, and it wasn't for not lack of trying that I didn't get into a lot of these things, and it just kind of fell in together at the last second. Like Bethesda was a last second tweet, and we ran over there, got up, we got up at like six in the morning. We were there first thing in line waiting. Um, it's just very hard to get into, and. I mean, you follow me on Twitter. You know how many you saw. I'm assuming you could see what I write. I saw. I was spamming everybody. I mean, 30, 40 times a day. Please, can I get a ticket? Can I get a pass? Can I get a pass? Retweeting this. Can I get this? Can I get an entering contest? I got no charity from anybody. Not that I would necessarily expect it, but my point is like that is as much as I can physically do. Like so I was. So what are the YouTube parameters? I guess to get a press badge next year and to go. So do they have to pay? I guess is. How, how do you level up your E3 experience? Right. Do you know? So as far as I can tell, a lot of the people that I met, um, this guy, Gerald, really nice guy, got his number. He's follow, We follow each other on Twitter. Hi, Gerald. Hi, Gerald. I'm sure he'll listen when I tell him this is going on. Super nice guy. Um, he We met him waiting in line at uh, Nintendo the first day. And he just it was just one of those we just kept running into him over and over. He was actually at the Xbox Fan Fest, but I didn't I didn't know he was there at the time. I didn't know him. Um, really nice guy. He is friends with a company who like runs a website and the guy basically gets infinite passes. So he's like, give me money. I'll make you an employee air quotes. You get a press pass on our behalf. And he was just handing them out to his buddy. So he had like 30 people of his company there. Now each person bought it on their own, but E3 uh, E3 doesn't know that. Well, they do now. You gave it away. Oh, no, I gave it away. Well, they don't know the name of the company. We're going to find out, track down Gerald. Maybe that's not his real name. Maybe his Maybe. name's Harry Nav- Navarez. Navarez. Maybe. Maybe. FOD86, <laughs> Xbox Live. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so um, that's how a lot of these people do that. And it's just like a friend of a friend of a friend. You know, a friend gets you into this, that kind of thing. It's just with everything. It's just networking. But that's how a lot of people get in. And a lot of these companies, I don't understand... It's such a small tie-in they have. I gave you the example of the 
photographer. A right. guy who filmed, he took a photo of a console and he sold the rights to PlayStation Magazine like three years ago. And he still is considered a member of press. He has a blue badge and it's like, you know, George Photography Studios or something. Uh-huh. Just a random guy. Now, was he carrying his camera around? Nope. Nope. And, oh, he, and he's see. not even into games. He goes, I'm just here to get in line because I can cut in line in front of... I saw him. I was talking to him. I, was, I saw him in line of Destiny. We get in an hour before you, so I'm guaranteed every day, each of those three days, I will get the best thing because I'll be in line before you. I'm guaranteed to get a Destiny shirt. I'm guaranteed to get a Quake hat. I'm guaranteed to Does get Does he turn them over on eBay maybe or something? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he still has to pay to get a ticket, but hey, you're guaranteed... You know, I would have... If they said, hey, congratulations, you know, as you're part of your 250 purchase, you're going to get in uh, early one of those three days and do something. Hell, yeah, I would take advantage of it. I would yeah. run over and play, like, Call of Duty line, which was out the, you know, wrapped around the building or uh-huh. something like that. So you never played Call of Duty then? I did not. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear you had a great time and would go again. That's I would. And I, I, exciting. I, I would say to you or to anyone who's into games. I don't think anyone's into games like me. Uh, I think that's pretty much undisputed at this point. But... As a fan of games, I think that spectacle of seeing the way the stages are set up, meeting other people, having your E3 moment, whatever it is, I feel like it's a rite of passage that everybody should go through once. It's expensive. It's going to be a tough self. You got kids, you got a wife, you got outside life, all that stuff. I understand that. But at some point, I feel like you have to go to one of these just to say you've been there because it really will give you those moments that... And 10 years from now, I'll still remember things that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, really truly believe that. Comic-Con in San Diego is on my bucket list before I die, but it's just gotten so massive and it's such a media showcase now. It is, yeah. It's probably, it's since it's mostly attendees that are paying out of pocket, Right. it's just a mass of people even more than what you experienced. Right. And to go to all the, or not all, but to any of the Anything. panels, right. Good luck. you got to wait outside in line. Granted, it's San Diego, it's 75 degrees. You're going to be out for hours. Not that bad, but yeah. I remember when Twilight movies were happening, there, the Twilight fans were lining up outside of Hall H like three days in advance. And for one panel for an hour on one of the four days Isn't that crazy? and they had a separate line they had a regular hall h line and then i don't remember what year this was probably the second or third year that the movies were coming out but then they had a twilight line as well and apparently that was bigger than the regular hall h line at any point in time up until that panel ended right and i was like that's just insane i can't imagine camping out for three days for anything much less, you know, whether it be a product or a fucking panel at Comic-Con. You, you get in these weird modes when you're at these conferences where you just, it's the way it is. Like, a three-hour line sounds ridiculous to anything. If you want to go to Chick-fil-A right now and you got to sit in the, your car for three hours, you're like, screw this. I get upset when the drive throughs wrapped around the building so over in Waterford. it's weird when you're there, you just kind of accept it is what, there's no, like, short line that's a well, secret if, line. if I were going to E3, I, I would know, like, don't get upset. This right. is what you're here to you do, know, is to stand in line. And the, the privilege of standing, the you know, right. the penance for paying in line, standing in line for three hours is playing a game for 20 minutes. Getting a crappy lanyard. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to go. I'm glad I did not listen to all the press that was extremely right. negative before, during, and after the event about the fans. Um, definitely a lot of holier-than-thou people in the industry. And it's upsetting that they're so elitist because in an indirect way, I made them that. So it's like they're my creation. 
not me personally, but me as a gamer. Yeah. You we, and everyone else. We revere like a Max Scoville. Oh my God, it's Max. It's like, he's just some guy, you know, but no, he's on IGN. He does this. He's a place, you know, that, so when, when you hear, I'm just picking on him. I don't know him if he even said anything, but my point is like, when you meet all these other people and you see them cutting and moving around line and the way they just kind of like, oh, you're in my way. I, I didn't get to see everything I wanted to see. It's like, well, you know what? I paid everything out of pocket and I didn't either. But right. I'm him standing there smiling like a freaking idiot because I'm standing here. You know what I mean? I'm in the building. So what about a PAX South? Another video game thing. I would like thing. to go try one of those. A lot of people say that PAX South, PAX East is a lot more accessible to fans. And it's more of a fan-based event, as where E3 is more of a corporate-based event. Um, so I would, it would be something interesting and in trying. But as long as I can remember, E3 has always been the event. Right. And yeah. PAX, they will announce things, but it's not like E3. You're not there to see announcements. You're there just to play stuff. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of more of a pop culture type, kind of like a Comic-Con light, in a sense. I thought it was all video games that PAX. It's really, it's really bled over. I mean, to me, it has. I know... Technically, PAX, Penny Arcade Expo, deeply rooted in web comics about video games. I mean, that's, yeah. That's, what, what is weird about that is it came from a web comic of right. all things. Uh, so, but they do bleed into pop cultures where E three was just only about games. There were no like you know panels or anything on any. There wasn't even panels, but so well, you, they you had the YouTube stuff with Jeff Keeley. Did you ever? You didn't make it any over there at all. No, but I actually got to watch a lot of it because they were broadcasting it everywhere, uh-huh. and the internet was atrocious. But I downloaded a lot on YouTube Red, and um, it was awesome. I I wish it wasn't during the event because I really wanted to go to some of those panels. And right. Rachel's like, "Don't you want to go over and listen to?" Like uh, Hideo Kojima and listen to him talk or listen to him talk and translate. You mean listen to Jeff Keighley give him a blowjob and then, right. you know, the translator say, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank sir. you. Thank yes, you. No teeth. No teeth. No teeth. Um, no, you're right. But, you know, the thing is, um, I, I wanted to. I really do idolize Kojima, but not at the sake of waiting in line to play. Right. Because it's going to be archives later. Yeah. and Right. So, but it was a cool idea. I'm glad he did it. It definitely was like a haven for fans to go to. I know a lot of people who did go. Yeah. It was right next door, so it was very easy to get to. But it wasn't that wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. Any merch booths or anything like that? They had one small E3, official E3 shop, and then one of the other vendors had a shop of just video game-related things. He just rented out a trade space, and he was selling like keyboards, mice, shirts, hats. But the official E3 merchandise and of it, like if you wanted the official shirt, was it was a really crappy looking overpriced shirt. So there wasn't any like official swag per se. Uh-huh. I think you just have to look at the swag as something you earned. Like, oh, I got to play Quake. So this is my E3 shirt. You, you know, to look at it. Since this is not a consumer based show, I was just wondering if they introduced any of that. With fifteen thousand people there, not really. And I think it was, a, I think it was a lost opportunity because we went over and checked it, and we're like, "Hey, let's go get some souvenirs: pencils, pens, pads of paper, anything with the logo on it. You know, that's a big E three yeah. logo. And they didn't really have anything that they were mug, coffee mug, anything. I One of the things that I've started to do, like when we were in California, uh, we saw Jimmy Kimmel, and I was like, "Okay, I want a mug." From Jimmy Kimmel, we were at the taping, got a Jimmy Kimmel mug, use it all the time. Yeah, we went to New York. We didn't uh, see the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, but That's we right. toured the studio. NBC store. I used that, that Jimmy Fallon mug like crazy, you know, right. on weekends and stuff. So that might be my new thing. 
uh, getting these different mugs. So, Definitely yeah. missed opportunity on the loot, but all in all, I, I think it was cool. There was some negatives as there are to anything, but um, yeah, I think it was good. I'm glad I got to go. It was a good. Uh, it was since I was seven to almost you know be 35 here in a couple of days. It's been my dream, and it lived up to everything I thought it would. So you be. think you're gonna die on Friday after your birthday ends? Now that you've lived your dream, I want to die. Okay. Can I get a PlayStation? I just wait. Want, wait until Rachel gets home Friday in the evening, see a and then you can pass. Can I want to at least see. I'll take one of your Playstations. I'll leave the other one for Rachel. Oh, she doesn't want your. Why do you X want a PlayStation? One. Screw you! You hate PlayStation. You freeloader. Get out of here. <laughs> PlayStation's reselling right now on Amazon for 120. Why do I know this? Because I'm thinking about trading it in for a PS4 Pro. So you have two. I mean, you have the. You're hearing it here first. Friend discount. I give it to you for one nineteen ninety nine. I'm good. <laughs> one penny discount. Uh, it's not. Look at money grow on trees. Hey, <laughs> remember we were talking about friend discounts while you were cooking. That's true. That's right. Not a discount. That's right. Made you dinner. Come to my house. And made you dinner. My man. My man. You're my man. All right. So we have not talked. I've heard all about your experience. Enough of that. Let's get into. The I've meat. heard you know at work and stuff like that. We have not talked and I waited, the results. I waited and I know for this moment. We were both doing it strategically because we knew this, this arena is, would be where the battle took place. This is the chess of two witty minds duking it out in the kitchen for all time. <laughs> for all time. So I, I, I did not have the E3 experience like you did. That's okay. I did the normal thing that you normally do. Which we may do next which, year. Which, you know, you... Did you I Wendy's? watched all of the press conferences. Any Wendy's? Was any Wendy's eaten? Uh, there was... I had some the other day. Maybe not no, on the, the tradition. days of... Always a number two to start off the Xbox conference. I'm sorry. I do not have a number two. I usually go for a Baconator or some oh, you will Baconator. Have a, a number, four or a five. You will have many number twos after you have one number two. <laughs> yeah, probably. That grease, baby. So I, I did the thing all weekend long. And I loved your videos. And I, told I did. You, let me just fill in oh, the listeners. Sorry, I sorry, did sorry, sorry. all of Jim's reaction videos on his YouTube channel at Viper Magic, V Y P E R M A J I K. Now I can spell it since I had to fucking operate it for four days. Holy cow. But um, I'm really disappointed on the turnout. Nobody watches. <laughs> Without <laughs> compared sound. to last year, where your hits were getting your so, videos were getting I'm gonna look a right couple now. hundred views. I'm gonna open it. I now think the look. max is like fifty something. Not that first I'm complaining. All, no, first of all, I said it before, but I'm gonna say it again. It was awesome what you did, and I loved it. I'm not telling you what the password is because then everyone will know it. But it has not changed from what I gave. To all you. right. So if you decide there's an open door, if you want to come and steal my thirty-one dollars of YouTube money, no. and put your bank account instead no, of mine, would not take it. But I would not do that to you. But I'm telling you that it's still there, and you can go at any time and check it out. Well, I might upload this. Uh, you can upload whatever you want. It's to open, your YouTube channel. Open then open door. Yes. Now, I will say in general, the videos were lower, but my videos last year were low, too. I got a couple thousand, I think, when I did some PlayStation stuff, but it varies. You know, I mean, I'm looking at my video history. I'm always around 150, 200. You get the occasional Battleborn, like one up to a thousand. I have no idea how that happened. I wasn't expecting that. but I was Me ex- either. I was expecting closer to what you had last year. Well, you know what, though? What we had this year. It's a long, it's a long burn. But I think, <laughs> I think E3 as a as a whole, I guess a lot of people thought that this year's E3 was not as impressive so as look, last year. As the hype dies down, as I separate fact from fantasy, I will agree. This is one of the, if not the weakest E3s that I can remember 
in the modern era yeah. in the last 10 years there was no where i didn't just sit there and go what like there was i have very few announcements that like got me extremely like oh my god it seemed like everything we knew everything that was announced this year across all the companies yeah was something that could have been predicted or was in line with something they have done in the past right or was either leaked beforehand which happens a lot or was something we already knew that they were going to talk about? The only one I will give a slight pass to is PlayStation. And the only reason I will was because last year to me was... I, you can't, I don't think you can top last year's. In my opinion. I know you have a different opinion. But to me, PlayStation's press conference last year was... No, no. no. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. PlayStation's conference last year was very good. So it's impossible for them... To, you, they already peaked. It's done. Yes. It's, the problem with their... And I will get to them last, but right. in overall, in my opinion, PlayStation experience in the movie theater aside, and we'll get to that later, their conference was largely a repeat of last year's Concur. conference. Concur. So... In order, since you have such good notes. Yes, and if I'm, you hear ruffling or shuffling, this is I have brought my notes from all weekend, all and, the videos that I did for Jim's channel. And I'm gonna bronze, I brought the notes here, I'm just in case. I'm going to bronze them. Bronze them, so we can't ever read them, but we know. No, <laughs> so, in order, um, does it make sense to go conference by conference? Do you want to go major announcement? This is, well, I guess, to your show. You tell what, me how you uh, this. I, the only Aside from oh. Shadow of the Colossus, because I know that's your default answer, what was the biggest wow moment of the conferences? Since that's the only even playing ground we have to go on. Okay. So I want to know what they showed during the conferences. What was your standout moment aside from the Shadow of the Colossus remake? So, because can you recall, my homework to you after lunch today was I want you to come up with some of your best, your worst, your most, your favorite, all that stuff. Right. And I'm sure you did. You feverishly thought about it. The best moment of the conference was Shadow of the Claw. I know you're, but I have to say that. I know you already know that. It was the best. I teared up. <laughs> I love that game so much, I can't even explain it. I know you don't like it. Irrelevant. I never said I don't like it. You need to play it. It's nostalgia. It's uh, just playing on nostalgia. It is. It played played me like a damn it's an, fiddle. It's an easy thing for them to do. The most exciting announcement I heard that I was not expecting, other than a natural like, oh, we're making another Shadow Mordor or anything like that. The one that made me the most excited was probably the most softball one. You didn't even watch the press conference, and it was the fact that they're making Metroid Prime 4. I we did watch it. the Nintendo. I did watch oh, it. Did. I didn't do a you video on it. Oh, okay. I didn't know you did. It was a 15-second music of Metroid. It said, Metroid Prime 4, now in development. No gameplay, no release date. The thought of what that could be on that Switch that's two feet to your left blows my mind. See, and that's... And the, uh, hype, and the hype of that blows my mind. Now, if that isn't a fair enough answer and you want gameplay... I look again to Nintendo. Uh, yes, I would. I guess I would prefer. I'm sorry. That something my, I'm more sorry. substantial than just a hey, we're gonna make this. I'm sorry. And I would that. even throw in Black and White Two into that category I'm because uh, they did have a CG trailer, so we'll give them that. I'm sorry that. But my, just the logo to me doesn't count. To, I'm sorry that to you, you've already. Ex my favorite thing I'm not allowed to talk about. My second favorite No, you're allowed to talk about. It. I just want to hear something that I don't know legit, already. Know. Legit something I did not see coming was Fire Emblem Warriors. If, if that's if 
if that's my third Shadow of the Shadow of the Colossus number one. Okay. Metroid Prime Four number two. Number three was Fire Emblem Warriors, which is uh, Dynasty Warriors cross with Fire Emblem. They did it a few years ago with Link, and they did Hyrule Warriors. It sold like trash. It was a horrible game. Not horrible game. I enjoyed it. I don't think anybody else did. I think it sold less than like 600,000 copies, which is a, considered a colossal failure on even Nintendo scale, even for the Wii U. They ported it to the 3DS. It sold like garbage there. It had a really low frame rate. I thought they just said, you know what? We're abandoning this. And the fact that they're going to do it again with Fire Emblem characters. I know you don't play Fire Emblem. No, I, I played Fire oh, Emblem on... Uh then Game Boy Advance. I didn't, so, I didn't play it. I mean, these I played two of them. These iconic characters, Roy, Marth, Lucina. I don't remember the story, so I wouldn't call Robin, them iconic. To, to have because the Emblem. permadeath thing, yes. I wouldn't call them iconic. So these were the main characters that if you died, the game was over. Okay. Um, the fact that they're in the game, that you're doing Dynasty Warriors type stuff with Lucina, is insane. So I remember distinctly... Rachel and I were driving to the convention center the last day. They seem to fit that archetype of the game a lot better because they have the different types of weapons. Um, a sword, a large spear. Yes, uh, yes. But that's what made it so bow. fun was these crazy weapons. It was the first day. We were driving to the conference, and I downloaded the... We watched it on my phone. She held it, and I just listened to it. And I heard the Metroid Prime thing, and I lost my shit. And then five seconds later, they said, introducing a new Dynasty Warriors crossover. And I was like, oh. and I saw, I heard the Fire Emblem. There's a very iconic Fire Emblem music. And I was like, holy shit. So that was like my squee with joy mm -hmm. moment. So um, it's coming out this year, which is in even cooler, like a couple months from now. Well, that's what Switch needs, right? We were all yes. kind of wondering. Yes. They we knew what games. the launch oh. games were for Where Switch. Where are the games? We yes. knew there was a Mario game coming this fall, but yes. we were like, what else are we going to play not we, but what else are the Switch Correct. people Correct. going to play this fall around Christmas time? What's available? So, the so it's good that, that they have stuff coming out this year other than ports. Yes, so the fact that that's coming out this year, that it's already done, it looks amazing, Amiibo support, playing your Switch, playing where you want, tons of characters, DLC, all that great stuff, was like, hey, we've got this really cool thing that nobody saw coming, and it's coming out right now. You know what I mean? You know, they do those like crazy announcements. Yeah. So to me, that was the announcement of the show. If I'm not allowed to include Metroid, and if I'm not allowed to include Shadow of the Claws. Okay. That's what, Is that work or do you No, more? that's perfectly acceptable. That's Dude, perfectly acceptable. All right. For you, it has to be what? Phil Spencer not changing shirts to an entire press conference. <laughs> no, I think the, the biggest game I was intrigued by would probably be during Ubisoft. I want to see if you can guess it. Um, oh, I know. Yes. Skull, skull and bone. Bones. I tweeted... I think it's just Skull and Bone. I don't think it's plural. It's I don't know. Skull and Bones, I think. But oh, I tweeted at Ryan McCaffrey from IGN because he was tweeting about fucking uh, Sea of Thieves all goddamn weekend long. And uh, I was like, this is going to eat Sea of Thieves lunch. Um, it just looked... And we'll get into Sea of Thieves later, but... I loved Assassin's Creed Black Flag. This looks just like they took the portion of the game that was new to Black Flag, which was anything not having to do with running around on land and having a ship and operating a ship and uh, sailing around by yourself and shooting guns and upgrading wow. your ship and diving lessons and right. you know it's, getting it's... treasure and things like that. 
I was like, that looks more intriguing to me as a pirate game than what I saw on Sea of Thieves the day prior. I guess because on Sea of Thieves, it appears that it's only a uh, online-only game where and it takes more than a few people to operate a ship. Like, to me, if you, if I, the way I play video games, I'm never going to be able to play Sea of Thieves because I don't have a huge friends list. And if I did and they were all playing Sea of Thieves, or if they weren't and that's what I wanted to play when it came out or after it came out, I would be by myself unable to get on a ship anywhere or do anything and would lose terribly. And it didn't, honestly, like that Sea of Thieves jumping ahead there, that uh, gameplay of them shooting the uh, pistols and stuff at skeletons and it just looks super slow. And I was like, this looks fucking, even if I did have a bunch of people to play with, it just looks really boring. Like it looked, the graphics were great, but the gameplay looked so simplistic that it could be ported to a, a portable Apple or phone device. Right. And Sea of Thieves just was took everything that I loved from Black Flag and ported it over. They had sea shanties, which I got real excited about when I heard the guys singing as you're sailing along the ocean and all that shit. It, and it looked incredible. That's I popped on that game. Was probably the biggest one that I saw this weekend. So just because or that weekend because you alternated titles a few times. Just so I'm clear, you didn't like Sea of Thieves. Didn't like. I've never been impressed with Sea of Thieves. But you like Skull and Bones. But I like Skull and Bones. Yes. Because okay. a couple just I was listening to you talk. Right, yeah, I, I probably cross pollinated them a lot. I wanted to clear it up for the dedicated BK Bullet fans. Now yes. I will tell you that you don't necessarily play a lot of games online or ever, especially with me, but. If you had a crew of friends, Sea of Thieves, to me, I think is going to be more fun than Skull and Bones. I could be wrong. But I will say this. They, I definitely agree with you that Skull and Bones definitely had that more mature element to on, it. On a technical level, just and looks And it better. looks really good. And you're right. They didn't have to do much to make this game work. But if I feel like they did enough. If there's single-player story stuff... Um, the fact that you just kind of jump around ships really easy. It's not like, hey, I want to go left. And you have to run over and like turn the mast. You just turn left and I've it's got to disconnect from the wheel or, or right. you know, no, and to right. go operate the cannon. Right. Yeah, all that stuff of, looks really yeah, sea of thieves turns, grating for me. Sea of Thieves definitely turns you into a pirate simulator. Because like, oh, you got to turn the sail with the wind. You got to lower the sail, raise the sail, lower the anchor, raise the anchor. You're constantly doing these like things that are just annoying. It's like you get a racing game. It's like, oh, you like you GTA, you steal a car, hit the right trigger, go. Nope, you got to hit triangle to turn on the key and then square to bat, buckle yeah. your seatbelt. No, so I agree with you 100%. Um, and I hope it's good. They didn't give a date on that, though. That's still kind of early in development. It's 2018. Right? Oh, so probably so next year sometime. Next year, I know Sea of Thieves launches this year, so they won't necessarily like eat each other's lunch, per se, but... Right. If they did launch head to head, isn't it so funny? How I'd be willing to bet on Skull and Bones being multi-platform as well oh, as yeah, that. I agree. Assassin's Creed Black Flag gameplay clone. So, it's, isn't it funny how all these game companies are seemingly in bubbles but come to the same conclusion? Yeah. Battlefield One, Call of Duty, Sea of Thieves, Skull and Bones. Like you have a lot of these games that are like, hey, well, we're, I mean, we're Sea of Thieves like was probably started. Maybe. After they had seen Black Flag. So the only thing I worry about with Ubisoft, and this is the problem that Ubisoft has had ever since ever. <laughs> they show amazing trailers right. that never make it to the game. 
whether it's the whole Watch Dogs non console, the console parody where they doped like the computer version. Hey, uh, everything I saw in Skull and Bones looked like stuff I had done before. I know, I, and I agree. I agree with even better graphics. I just hope that the magnitude, just like my Metroid Prime announcement, that all I saw was words and my mind is right. racing. I too saw Skull and Bones and my mind began racing. Of all these cool things I can do, I hope, I hope, hope, hope. They do that. Now, the budget gamer would go, Brent, don't waste your money on Skull and Bones. Load up Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag on your Xbox One. You got it as a Games with Gold, you know, early, early get on. get your pirate fix in. Get my pirate fix in and only do that stuff until you can't do it anymore and then restart that game. Because it didn't look like there was anything, there was much new to that formula than what had already been established other than it's been four years since we played that game. That's true, and we'll see. I mean, hopefully they add some more stuff to it. But that I think that's a solid announcement, and I think that Ubisoft has a good hit on their hands. Right. I hope it works out well. Okay, so I want to go conference by conference now. We talked about yes. our, our two biggest hits, okay. our two biggest pops of the weekend. Um, so we're, first thing we saw was EA. Now, I saw this as it was happening. You were in line. So when did you actually get to watch the conference? I think I watched it like Thursday afternoon. <laughs> it was the last thing I watched. Actually, I saved PlayStation for last. So it was the second to last thing I watched. Okay. I recorded it, and I had no interest in watching it. And yeah. And I was like, uh... I, 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 well, you I were at the EA Play event, and you were still probably kind of like, meh, cause, so you already knew everything that was going to be announced. I had all the flags of all the games that were announced. Um, so I was like, oh, Need for Speed was really announced. And oh, here's Battlefront. and host. So I knew what was coming. You know, um, EA, going back and watching it, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you did the video. Um, it was just a really weird way to start E3, much less their conference, with, like, they had a... I thought they were going to go full out with Madden, yeah. with the new storyline for Madden, which is, I guess, is now going to be a thing in all of the EA yeah, like a sport, sporting I'll, games. Like a story built Which in. seems more interesting, frankly, than I what was there before. I would be more interested in playing that as opposed to just straight up Madden. Because I, I like the way that they did it with UFC 1 and 2. Right. Um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in the video with, with what you were saying. And you were basically saying that for a conference of this magnitude, for a spectacle that this has become, this circus. Right. That E3 is now. It is a circus. There was definitely no wow moment to that conference. It did not... There was nothing that took anyone's breath away. Yeah, there was no energy in the room. They didn't have any, like, final announcement. It was all by the book. Very, like... It reminded me of, like, one of those press calls where they're, like, the investor calls. Right, yeah. Where they were just like, hey, uh, we made some money. We're going to make more money and some games. It yeah. was very monotone, very flat. There was a lot of cringe moments. There was there was nothing in there that like every press conference, even like Xbox, PlayStation, Ubisoft, all of them, Bethesda, and I know you disagree. We'll talk about that. They all had a moment where I was like, holy shit. Like, oh my God, you know, you grab somebody and shake them. Oh my God, do you believe that? I watched, I sat in line actually waiting to play Destiny. And I watched the EA conference, and I started nodding off. <laughs> I and, Rachel, up. and Rachel was like, hey, 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 you're going to tip over. I'm like, what? She's like, you are swaying. I'm like, I am. <laughs> she goes, your eyes are closed, and like you're just like, you got the lip, the pouty lip. Like, yeah. Because it was so boring. And it's, I don't know what they're, everybody feels like they got to throw a conference. And they didn't have to. Honestly, I feel like EA would be better off if they want to focus on EA play. Don't waste your money on... Ha throwing a conference 
do a Nintendo Direct. Right. Just do I a 30-minute video, cut all the nonsense out. Yep, here's the games. Bye. Super polished. Come to EA Play if you're in LA we'll over the next four days, and we'll see you there. I agree. And put more money into having more stations, because that was your big complaint about them having more oh, stations. Yeah, it wasn't run very well. My, my thing with EA was, like, it was really strange. They have all these things that they didn't talk about. Madden 18, we got zero information on it. If there is a Madden game coming out, I'm assuming there is because they come out every year. But if I was a hardcore Madden guy, all I got out of that conference was, okay, I guess there's a new story mode based off the very beginning of the conference, but they never went into it again later. Um, And then the weird thing, too, is like, so if if they were just teasing that because there's not much else coming to Madden, if they focused all the dev teams... Right you know, however many teams they have working on that thing year after year to churn it out, right. on a, it, starting a story mode engine and all that stuff for the next umpteen years of Madden games. Right. Why, um, that's fine. If that's the only new thing in Madden 18, the weird part was is that their secondary thing, their second hit to get you, like, it'd be like Madden 18, story mode. Even better, here's the next game we're going to talk about. But instead of that, it was like, okay, we're going to tell you about all of the Battlefront one DLC you're going to get. And I was like, why the fuck are we talking about DLC? DLC, that should be on Battlefield 1's YouTube page. Agreed, like, yeah. That's, that's okay. their E3 announcement. That's what they're doing. Right. All the existing games that have DLC should have their own thing, their own pop, If they not their own press conference like Destiny 2 or anything by that means, but, you know, here's what's coming, blah, 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 a sales call, a press release, whatever. I thought it was really strange I agree. to have that level of stuff on on the stage as here's our – the main – the first thing we're going to talk about in depth is DLC for a game seem, that came out eight months ago. It doesn't seem like they have a good grasp of building up to tell a story. Like the grand finale of every press conference had some amazing like oh my god moment. And these guys didn't. Their pacing was off. The message was off. I would almost say to them, you know, take a couple years off, E3. <laughs> like, watch what other people are doing. Come back when you have something to tell us. It was clear this year that everybody took notes from Sony's conference oh. last year. Yeah, I agree. It was crystal clear. Everybody took notes except EA. Now, I am generally, I like the typical press conference. Mm-hmm. More than I like just the string of videos. Like, when we get to PlayStation later, I'm going to be like, why the hell didn't they do a Nintendo Direct? They did not need all that stage stuff. You know, what a waste of money. Other than you wanted to gather a thousand people in a theater in L.A. to watch it all at once. Other than that. Um, You could have rented out the movie theater and rented out every screen for that night and saved money, probably. But, you know, they had FIFA 18... Um, what well, the other thing that was actually nice that was cool was um, Need for Speed looked neat. The Brothers Creator, what game was that called? A Way Out. A Way Out. That was actually that looked. Did really, you play that? Was that there to no, play at all? No, they wasn't there to play. That looked really cool. That's a co-op game, but the catch is it's always split screen. So even if we're playing together, right? I got that. Like if you're in your house and I'm in my house, I'm still watching what you're doing. Because, like, I might be in a cutscene, but you're still freely walking around. That looks like it's a really cool game. That's the kind of stuff they need to end the show with. Because that was, like, no one had seen that. And that looked like a AAA game, not like an indie game. Yes, and, like, you know, you remember 
You remember last year when the guy came out and did Yarny? Yeah. I can't remember the name. I fell asleep. Was the game Yarny? Yarny, yeah. Was it, oh, no, I thought the character... Oh, it was called Unravel, I think. Yes, Unravel. The, the character's name is Yarny. But I'll say this. A lot of people really appreciated that demo because the developer came on stage. He was shy. His voice was crap. I know you shake your head at it, but people appreciated that and they saw the sincerity and that game got a big pop. And I feel like they need to focus on those gems and stop with like the shovelware, EA, Madden, typical stuff we're used to seeing and really say, you know what, like, hey, this No Way Out or a Way Out game, this is a real hit. Like, this is something that's amazing. Yeah. Treat it like a Cuphead. Maybe don't wait 15 years to release it, but treat it like that that gives it the respect it deserves, gives it some show time and be like, that is what we're going to hang our hat on this year. Cool. That's a great way to end the show. Now we're like, holy smoke. And it was and they didn't do that. And it was that, something that it was a game, one of the few games we saw this year that it looked like there was actual gameplay yes. innovation happening. Absolutely. I was very excited for that game. So I'm 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 on board. And I, I know it's hard to come up with gameplay innovation when of course. the two major consoles are locked into this dual analog stick. Uh, two shoulder buttons and four face buttons combination. Yeah, the and the switch is kind of experimenting without that with the Joy Cons and arms and right. things like that. So I understand that it's hard to it's going to be hard to do, but it's those types of ideas that need to be explored. I agree. You and know, it, and it, it, it's clear that it works. It's clear that people are interested in that kind of stuff. It's just that they didn't seem to put much faith in their own game. Yeah. The way they just dismissed it so casually, and I think that was a major, major mistake. There were a lot of moments in this conference that I was like, just kind of like, why is this here? Um, I feel like they just they, lost. Had a, they talked a little bit about the Futurist team they were setting up at EA that was so weird. to explore the future, but they never said like, okay, one of the things we're exploring is VR, or obvious, I mean, obviously, but right. what else are you exploring? They just seemed very out of touch with everything. I don't know... The the purest gamer who wants a press conference, I don't feel like they were satisfied. The gamer in all of us that was like ready to jump and like lose our minds, we weren't satisfied. Industry wasn't satisfied. Like it was panned all the way across, and it just seemed phoned in and dialed in. And I would just say to EA, just go away for a while. We don't hate you, but you're not. You got Star Wars. It's going to be a hit. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Don't the, come back for a year or two. When you got something useful to tell me and a fun way to say it, I will listen. One thing I was surprised that they didn't mention either was EA Access. I think this is the second year. This was your no second mention. year. No you mention right. of it You're whatsoever. Right. They didn't mention EA Access at all. Did they add some new games? They, they, they could have had a huge pop with that. I think, like you know, um, I agree. Hey, by the way, we have EA Access on Xbox. We have Origin or EA Origin, whatever the fuck it's called, on PC. Similar service, you know, five bucks a month or whatever it is. Uh, I think I pay thirty dollars a year for EA Access, and I use it from time to time. I play all the Battlefield games when they come out on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I played UFC two most recently on there and enjoyed it through EA Access. I don't own it, you know, but all that stuff. True. And you know, all the eventually I hope to play the first three Mass Effect games. I have the first one. Right. Uh, as uh, Games of Gold, but 2 and 3 are on EA Access they did nothing, as backwards compatibility. They did nothing to make me want to buy that, especially after Xbox gave me a free year of the other subscription. Like EA, they could have said, but you know, they, we're, gonna, we're going to either, what they should have, in my opinion, what they should have done is talk like, either we're going to expand our program, and here's all of the new games we're adding to EA Access, not just the... Changing the... 
I mean, obviously, the the current generation games are kind of limited because we're only a few years in, and they're kind, they're not a huge publisher per right. se. They're one of the larger ones, I guess, but they mostly tend to focus on if you look at their output per year. You know, they have four sports games a year. You know, NA or almost every year, UFC, NHL, uh, Madden, and NBA. Right. Right, and the FIFA. FIFA, which is probably their biggest selling game. Internationally, year it after is. year. Internationally, it is yes. Um, but they have all these old games that they could say, okay, we're going to put all these on EA Access or the PC counterpart. Correct. And you know, you get to try it. They're all available starting today. You have a free trial this week. You know, they talked about a free trial, but they didn't give you a reason to go play. They really needed to sweeten up the deal before. and say, hey, we're going to give. They, they needed to do something. We're going to give you the game 14 days early instead of 10 or something. That's like, yeah, it, it's it, it just felt. The service felt abandoned, and honestly, until you mentioned, I totally forgot about it. Honestly, the other thing I could have seen them doing is announcing that at least on Xbox, they're going to include, or they're going to quit EA Access into Xbox Game Pass. There you go. You know, hey, we know you have EA Access. This is the last year. Starting on this day, EA Access will cease to exist, and all of your EA Access games will be on Xbox Game Pass. For the lifetime of it or whatever. That makes you wonder if that's a touchy subject because you're right. They did not do a good job of like... Because there is some cross-pollination of games between Game Pass and EA Access. And I remember it was a pretty big sell when when Phil Spencer was on that podcast Unlocked with um, Dustin, not Dustin, uh, the the DeLorean guy, McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And And McCaffrey was asking him like, hey, you know, like... You're going up against EA. Like, you're basically, like, undercutting them. You're going to have, like, five times a game. And that's for... that's an exclusive service on Xbox. Yes, that's the it thing. It doesn't exist it's on PlayStation. Odd. You felt like, especially with Microsoft really announcing that this year, there would have been some response to, like, put up a fight. And it almost just seems like, I don't know why I'd want to buy into that now. Yeah. So I think overall, I think, uh, I'm jumping ahead here, but EA lost this conference 100%. It was by far the worst conference I saw. I mean, they really did waste 30 minutes on Star Wars Battlefront 2. They had such an opportunity to do anything. They could have teased. I was hoping they were going to tease either one. I think they have two or three other Star Wars games in development. Tease us with one. And they could have done anything better than what they did, and it probably would have been a moderate success. The biggest thing to come out of that... in all parts. The biggest thing to come out of Battlefront was the announcement that all the DLC is free. Yes. And I felt like they were really reaching out to fans and stuff with that, that Twitter montage of John Boyega and everything about a story mode. The story mode looks cool. Yes. I've seen that actress, Janina Gavankar, in True Blood, and she was in uh, Smallville or... Maybe Arrow. She was one of the police captain or whatever a couple seasons ago. Oh yeah, Arrow. Okay. Yeah, that as soon as you said Arrow, I knew who you're talking about. Um, so she's a really fun actress, and the cool thing about her is that I don't know if you you probably didn't get this from her appearance there, but I've seen other interviews and stuff like that that she's done. She's kind of like Aisha Tyler. She's somebody in the in oh, the acting uh, business or comedy business that's a real gamer who crossed over, who crossed over, but is a legitimate fan. So. Her excitement of being uh, on there and being in Star Wars Battlefront, like, that's real excitement. Real. Yeah, I made it capital. She's a real nerd. She's a real gamer. That was totally glossed over. Yeah, they just, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like she, I know that it was announced that, I think the problem is Star Wars, they have Star Wars Celebration in, you know, every year, every other year. Like, this so year it was in Orlando, and that was two months ago, or May. That was in May. Mm-hmm. 
So they announced the Battlefront single-player campaign there. So uh, there wasn't much to cover okay. at EA. So they didn't do a good job of timing their announcements, maybe. Yeah. Because they had that other Star Wars game that wasn't even... the. the they could have teased it. I don't know. Maybe maybe they got maybe they still they got pie in their face from the whole Mass Effect Andromeda thing. Yeah, I and don't they know. They just don't want to stick their neck out. No too mention far. of Mass Effect at all. I mean, but but the Battlefront too, like it looks great, and the fact that they're going to have all that DLC for free makes me more interested in buying the game instead of waiting for it to come out and on I EA will, Access as I do every other EA you, game. I will tell you very briefly, and then I'm, unless there's anything else on EA, I'll, this this will be the the icing on the cake. When I was at EA Play. I got to play Star Wars Battlefront 2 on a PlayStation 4 Pro with a 4K TV, and it looked so good. So good. Now, the original Battlefront, when we... Uh, so good. When I played on my 1080p TV, amazing. it looks amazing. It, this, that Tatooine levels yes, look amazing. Oh, with the rock texture, the rocks, and the 60 sh- frames sun, a second, yeah. super smooth. The, the lighting effects that they put in here, the terrain, everything, it was... Unlike anything I'd ever seen. So when I guess sidebar, when you're playing any game on a 4K TV at E3, did you ever ask or were, were ever pointed out? Here's something you only get on the Xbox One X or PS4 Pro with a 4K, and this it makes was, a huge difference. It was very clear to me what the 4K enhancements were. Okay. Very clear. Just from playing games and having a regular TV and a regular console, it was very clear to me what the HDR and the 4K flair was did it make you feel like that is a necessary thing to be a hardcore gamer for you not necessarily but it's one of those things that i don't know if i could go back like i don't know if i could honestly play star wars like you saw you played quake you played quake two hours ago yep i'm telling you that the frame rate is through the roof on that thing right you could not play that on console at anything less than that frame rate and you would be like oh you know it's cool but boy it looked a lot better on computer it's the same thing with the PlayStation Pro, and I'm sure Scorpion. Now or- playing Quake, like the character models while we were waiting to come into the game looked great, but the actual map in Quake wasn't impressive, like in terms, in terms of graphics. I- like when I played uh, the last time I was over here two times ago, we were playing Overwatch. Overwatch. That was graphically pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, it's much more as opposed to Quake. I agree. But settings different. You know, we were in a dungeon. Agree. So EA, get your shit together. Yeah, just get your shit together. I think they need to focus. They need to. It felt like there was a little bit of a shift away from the sports things, even though they, they still did focus on FIFA a lot. No forty-five minute interview with Pele. Thank God. Um, but they need to focus. I think they need to focus more on having other lines of games or other types of games than just the sports. Because like it seems like sports and a Need for Speed are pretty much guaranteed mm-hmm. every year at EA. We had a little bit of an anthem tease. It probably would have served them better to have the Anthem thing at EA as opposed to Xbox. Oh, but you know Microsoft paid a shit ton oh, yeah. of money to close with well, that. Yeah, and boy, did they pay off. I mean, that was a huge thing. Is that like, the next conference? Is well, that let's Xbox? jump into Xbox right now. I thought, and we'll have a closing discussion later, but I felt like this is a, a really strong conference. It had the lessons that everybody learned from Sony last year, where it was games, 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 and they came out and they... T- you know, Xbox One X aside, or just the Xbox, if you cut everything up, you know. Um, that aside, the fact that Phil Spencer comes out and says, we're going to show you 42 games, Boom. twenty half of them have some sort of Xbox exclusivity, exclusivity deal, or you can play first on Xbox. Now, I know 
there's been a lot of people shitting on or poo-pooing or you beat me to it. <laughs> disinge- you know, shrinking the fact that oh, it's if it's a timed exclusive similar to Tomb Raider, it matters a lot less. Now, Tomb Raider was like the first one, or Rise of the Tomb Raider, that they guess they did this with. Right. And a lot of these games, it was hard to tell what it was. That's the problem. That's it wasn't clear, and I think they're hurting from that. People, instead of... Yes. What I feel like a lot of people are doing is they're focusing on mm-hmm. what, the, what the exclusives are mm-hmm. on Xbox instead of focusing on how many new games that they showed you. Uh, in in the quality of them, and instead they're like, okay, well you showed me a game, I, the game looked cool or the game looked bad, but I don't care about either of that. I'm not going to grade you on that. I'm going to grade you on whether it's an exclusive or not. I agree with you. So I guess the bigger question comes down to with the two console platforms, mm-hmm. Xbox and PlayStation. I know Nintendo is kind of its own thing, and Nintendo did a good job of exclusives, but that's pretty much the only area they live in right now, aside from Skyrim. Right. Right? But between the two ones at war with each other, is it more important to show the number of games or why it's better to play on your system? Or is it more important to have, to only show exclusive games on your platform? Well, and that's the thing, you know, it's, they use the word exclusive so much, I don't even know what, I've never seen so many adjectives or adverbs in front of the word exclusive before. Right. I don't know. I couldn't even tell. If you gave me a quiz and said, figure out which games are exclusive and which ones aren't, I don't know. Crackdown is the only one I could say legit. See, you have these. a Windows 10 exclusive. You have a Windows 10 and Xbox exclusive. You have a console exclusive, a timed ex- It's like, wait, what? Stop using the word. Like, exclusive means only you have it. To me. If they want to start throwing in this time thing, I think it's dumb. But whatever. And I think that's where a lot of people... You're right. I think a lot of people focused on that. That's what I focused on. Because I was trying to figure out, like, am I going to get hyped for this game? Or is this, like, am I ever going to get this on PlayStation? Am I, like, should I get it now? Are we, waiting? Are we talking five minutes of exclusivity? Five years? Right. What's, like, the what's the gimme? And PlayStation did such a great job in the in past years of being very upfront. Hey, you can buy Arkham Knight anywhere, but if you buy it on PlayStation, you're going to get this level that nobody else is going to get. Right, you're going to get the awesome Nightfall Asbat skin granted, that some of Brent it, will never get to use, which is the only one he wanted to play with. Granted, some of the bonuses are delayed. That's Arkham Origins, not Arkham Knight, but whatever. Some of the, granted, some of the bonuses were lame. However, comma, they were very black and white what they were. It was very clear to me. Oh, if you want this, you want this gun on Destiny, you're getting it on PlayStation today or an Xbox in a year. That's what you're getting. Next game, next topic, blah, 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 blah. Xbox, I think, lost. I think a lot of that was lost. So I was hard for me to get hyped and put on my Xbox fanboy. Like, Hell yeah, the Xbox gamer me is getting this. Screw you, Sony Pony. It was hard for me to do that. And I think they lost a lot of momentum because of that. That said... They did show off a slew of games, and it was very exciting. Unfortunately, I think where Xbox fell apart, and I think what people are going to remember the most, was the Xbox One S, which was the... The X, yes. The 4K. The the, the 4K box. The Xbox One X was the pinnacle of this conference, and it tanked. In my opinion, it tanked the room. You were in the room for this conference, thanks to the FanFest. Thank you, FanFest. It was so quiet in there. I went, oh, damn. And Phil Spencer looked up at me and went, 
<laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> it was it was very bizarre to me, and I I remember looking around and thinking like, what is going on? Like, this thing's way too much. You've done nothing to sell me on it. You've showed me no good games. Crackdown right. looks like a piece of shit from like Xbox 360. It looks like garbage. The cell shading does not help that game for sure. It looks atrocious. All this open world level, this cool destruction they showed, completely gone. The power of the cloud, completely gone. So yeah, I'm, the destruction in that trailer didn't look. They spent more. It money. looked more like 360 destruction. Like yes. here's a chunk that falls. Here's a chunk that falls. Whereas what they showed in the past looked a lot more intricate. If they yeah. spent a quarter of the development that they did on getting Terry Crews to act out the quarterback. Hey, I love Terry Crews. I did too, but if you if they spent that was the wrong they were so much pyrotechnics. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it on the uh, feed, but in the theater there was so many pyrotechnics during that trailer uh-huh. and it was clear because they were disguising what a turd that game's gonna be. <laughs> So, yes, I agree with you. I think Xbox did good from a purist press conference standpoint. They had a lot of games. They had, like, uh, Player Unknown come out. They had that really weird game where the guy did the live stream where he was screaming it out where people had to fight to stay alive or whatever. Yes. That was fun, and it got people, like, amped. It was a weird announcement, but it was, it was exciting where they had – they kept mixing it up. But um, overall, I think looking back at that press conference, forgetting the sheer amount of stuff – it was quantity over quality, and I think that's very hard for anyone to pinpoint exact moment when they fell in love with anything they saw. Well, short of Anthem, so I really think. let's go into the games, and then we'll come. We'll circle back to the Xbox sure. One X. So Forza Seven, we all kind of know that this is the. There's like a two-year development cycle on these games now. You have Forza Horizon game followed by a Forza game, probably followed by a Forza Forza Horizon game. It seems like they need a third thing in there or take a year off, but that's been, you know, we got Forza 5 that came out when the Xbox launched, and then we had Forza Horizon 2, and then Forza 6, okay, then you had Forza Horizon 3, and now we're on Forza 7. They launched with a car, the, I wrote the name of the car down, I took so many detailed notes for you, uh, it's a 2018, oh, it's a Porsche, and they pronounced it Porsche. Porsche, because that's and the correct pronunciation. I always pronounce it as Porsche. Because you're a poor white man. Just like how you say for, you say Forza, it's Forza. Oh, well, I'm not an Forza. Italian man. Well, that car was so bright, the lights underneath, <laughs> no one could see the damn Couldn't car. Couldn't see it in the theater. It was like, check out the Porsche. It's like, what? So it's a, por- it's a 2018 Porsche 911 GT2 RS. What happened to the goddamn days of car names being a Impala, a Equinox? Here's the problem. Fucking call it a, the Porsche, the 2018 Porsche Xbox controller RT. The problem Put with, a fucking noun in there for once here, in a while. Here's the problem with that whole segment. Nobody cared. Right, because everybody knew it was coming. Right? No, no, not even that. I, I don't care that they're now... Well, nobody cared about the Ford car two exactly. years ago coming down from the ceiling. The fact that they hired... They got some exclusivity deal with Porsche, I don't care. The fact that they had the first one ever there, I don't care. It's like saying, hey, we designed this new piece of jewelry. Well, that's great. Go show a jewelry right. show. I want to see games, and they spend so long on the stupid car. All right. So, so going into games, <coughs> uh, Metro Exodus... Looked amazing. It does look really good, but again, cross platform. Is that an was that an exclusive console? What was that? 
And here's the better. There was question. no announcement because I made a notes of what it was when they had the the guy talking or the little banner. I have one prop I want to get. But keep going. Um, it's not going to do it. Metro Exodus. Assassin's Creed Origins looked incredible. I know you played it a little bit. I was most excited on there for the quick loot. He pressed Y, one press. He didn't have to hold it, and the guy looted the body. I was so excited. That's the thing I love doing the most in Assassin's Creed games to gain up. You know, you, you, I never craft anything in Assassin's Creed because all I do is loot bodies. And I was more excited to have the quick loot button. Press the button, oh, and yes. it already does it. Don't have to hold it anymore. So, more excited by that than anything else in that game. So the reason I brought this prop is... Plays better on Xbox. <laughs> they had that at the... It's a sign. It's a handheld sign or fan. They had that at the press conference. Any of those games you mentioned, were they better on Xbox One? X. Probably. Hopefully. I mean, six teraflops, my God. Whatever that means. Um, State of Decay 2, that is a pure exclusive to Xbox. And that looks cool, and I played that on your Xbox a while back. That because game, that, that game looks like, first of all... It looks game, good, that game it's was, got the permadeath the thing. The first one was hot trash. The problem with, going back to the better with Xbox sign, all these games you're mentioning, this is all I could think. Every time they showed a game, does it really play better on Xbox One X? If so, why? Right. Why do I need to get Assassin's Creed on Xbox One X? Right. Forza, obviously, okay. But how does Forza compare better to Forza on an Xbox One S or my Forza Limited Edition Xbox One OG? Right. And that's probably something that... And they blew it on... The, they were hoping the press would do... At the booths during the week, or a question and, you would have asked. And say what you will about um, the conference and the announcements and stuff. They didn't link it all together very well. And that's where, sitting there, quizzically scratching my balding head, I thought to myself, wait, why do I need a Scorpio again? Why do I need this again? Right. And then it goes back to what I was mentioning before about, hey, if you buy Arkham Knight, you're getting this level. You're getting this, whatever it was. And I think that Xbox kind of sucked their toe in that water of exclusivity again. And I appreciate it because I don't want to feel like a second-class Xbox One owner. You know, I don't want to be a second-class citizen. I want, it, I, want, I want Phil to go out and fight and get me cool stuff and make me have to make the hard decision. Right. You know, back in the old fighting games, you want to play with Spawn, you get it here. You want to play Link, you get it here. You want to play with Heihachi, you get it there. For, remember the old Tekken right. games? Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah. So Soul Calibur. You had to, it was like, man, I don't know. I really like Link, but I really like Spawn. Like, put me in that position. That's good because now I got to pick. And you're gonna make you 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 give the gamer more. It's excitement. It's more passion and brand passion. But all I could think during this entire press conference was, why do I need an Xbox One X again? And I couldn't think of an answer. Okay. Well, uh, Xbox One X aside. Yes. Make sure we're still recording. We're good. We're good. Um, <laughs> All right, and welcome to VK's bullet. So we're gonna talk no, no. about. <laughs> I mean, I I cleared I cleared all the old files off the SD card to make sure oh God, that we could have a fucking marathon go long, recording baby. session. And when I was waiting in line to play to get in the Xbox Fan Fest, Aaron Greenberg, the the president of marketing, came out and he kept yelling, "We're going long, baby. We're going long." And it was a fucking long Nine conference. Nine more minutes extra. So to Aaron Greenberg, I, channel, I channeled the inner Aaron Greenberg, and I said his podcast is going long. State of Decay 2, okay, so that is a pure Xbox exclusive. 
Uh, Black Desert, the Skyrim in Japan MMORPG. If you like those games, that is it. That said, exclusive. Or at least that's what I have on my notes. The Artful Escape, the weird 2D guitar game, doesn't look that cool. You're right. Uh, it plays like shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, sea of Thieves, Tacoma, only on Xbox. Tacoma looks great. That's been on, that we, that's been lingering for a while. That is the new Cuphead. Cuphead. Yes. In September a 29th. Here's the question: Are you gonna get it? I'm gonna wait on reviews. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I think they blew it. If they, if based they, off last year when they had the platforming levels added, right. And everybody came back from the platforming levels last year and said, "Uh, yeah, those were okay. They weren't great." I'm I'm. Has it super hesitant on Cuphead now as opposed to I feel two years like ago. this is our new Final Fantasy 15 of the game you wait for your whole life and it comes out and you're like meh. Yeah, um, I'm not. That's not a day one purchase for me. It better goddamn get reviewed. Everybody's talked about it for so long. That's for damn sure. Crackdown three exclusive. Looks like garbage. Um, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Still never played the first oh. one. <laughs> Great game. If you had played Ori in the Blind Forest yet, you would get excited for that. I got excited for that. That is a pure exclusive. I did. You know what I liked about? You know what I remember about that the most? On stage, a guy came out and played the piano live with the trailer, and it was very emotional. I didn't know what I was upset about, but I felt the pain of. Gee, what a page out of Sony's playbook! Live music to play on your emotions. So, wait, is there more games? Uh, Those were the exclusive games. Okay, now close your notebook for a second. And tell me, name three of those games you're hyped about and why. Will of the Wisps. Okay, that doesn't, okay, I'll give you that one. I like that game. I like the first one. I will I will buy that and play the second game. That I really okay, okay. I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed the first game. Okay, give me two more. Um Exactly. And your ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you exhibit A. Brent going, uh because it was a lot of yes, it was forty two, but forty two what? You're looking at know. your list. You're lo- <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm sitting here watching this dude sweat. He can't come up with two other names because there wasn't anything memorable. All right, well, I guess the problem with Xbox is that they pushed all of their exclusives out in the last two years, right? Yeah. I mean, Forza seems to be a big one for them, or they're always pushing it the same way EA's always pushing Need for Speed and PlayStation's always pushing Gran Turismo, even though there's many, many more years between those games. Um, but Gears just launched last year. Halo launched the year prior, so nothing is ready to go. I, I would agree that they at have, all or ready, even ready. I guess even ready to be shown. I would agree that right now they're in a lull. And I said as a, a global statement, I thought this whole press conference, this whole E three was lackluster. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, it's, had, it's pretty they had obvious. A great lineup up to this, but where was Halo? Where was like? Where was that next big game? Where was the crackdown we were promised? It's, what is going to make me excited to get an Xbox right now? And the answer is nothing. It's pretty obvious Xbox needs a third and fourth strong tier yes. adventure game to be their exclusive. I agree. I had hoped that Tomb Raider was going to be that, that they would just purchase it outright, you know, and say, okay, Square, you're going to be the, the manager of the IP or whatever, but you're going to have... You can only play this on Xbox now because, let's face it, PlayStation has uh, Uncharted. You know, even though that's done, they're still making a an Uncharted expansion for forty bucks. It just wasn't a deep lineup of games that, 
yes, everyone wraps their head around, and you rightfully so, the 42, but it's very difficult to find anything to get excited about. I was hoping Crackdown was going to be it. Right. That game looks like trash. Well, obviously, they, they did spend a lot of time and a lot of money on Terry Crews, and he was the majority of that trailer. And I think that was a big mistake if that game is launching this year. Um, I don't know. As, as only having an Xbox One and that being the only system I have, this conference did get me excited to play games on Xbox because that's the only option I have. So for Phil Spencer to come out and say, we're going to show you 42 games... I was like, great. Oh, yeah. This is a, a laundry list of things I can check out for the next year on, you know, sales or Gamefly and all this stuff. But I was not, you're right, I was not looking at anything like, oh, you know, this will play on PlayStation or whatever. Uh, let me let me try and find one more game that I, that I wanted to talk about. The Darwin Project, the one with that guy shoutcasting, the mixer. The game looked fun. The game looked fun, but I'm looking at my notes and it says launch exclusive. So if that, I thought that was going to be an Xbox exclusive. um, So it must be coming because it had the mix the mixer feature. Too many about being able to interact with the game and and help your favorite player. I thought that was going to be like a a mixer only thing, and therefore would only be on Xbox. But this says. From my notes, anyway, a launch exclusive. So that's going to be on PlayStation or Twitch. You know, obviously PC, most likely. I still don't know. I still don't know if Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is only on Xbox on console or if it's just on first on console. That they seem to have walked that back over the last couple weeks. Yeah, I thought I heard that they were open to it, and that's where you get into the. In an effort to be so exclusive, I think we lost sight of what the word means now. And I'm Super even Lucky's look- Tale. This says launch exclusive. That should be a pure Xbox game. They need a a younger player platform. Yeah, and that looked fun. You know, I played it. And it I mean, it was a kids game, but it was fun. If Rare is not going to make multiple games, yeah, who knows what Rare's up to anymore? If they're only going to make Sea of Thieves and not these kid friendly games like Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm then they should have bought Super Lucky's Tale outright, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, they don't... If the people didn't want to sell it, that's fine, but... Right. It's very clear, that, like, the... this. What Phil Spencer's talked about the last couple of years is that they're focusing away from... Um, he only gave us half-truths, right? People were saying, okay, PlayStation has the Destiny content, the Arkham Knight content, exclusive content for these multi-platform games only on PlayStation. What is Xbox doing to combat that? He said, well, that's not our strategy. We're going to focus on pouring our money to, into exclusives. Right. And I was thinking that this was going to be... I, I am impressed with that conference. I enjoyed that conference. I think you can watch that conference over and over, and you won't fall asleep like EA because there's always something new there to look at. There always pops, yes. Um, but it's clear now that we got half-truths the last two years in that they poured money into launch exclusives... Not true. Like, like you can't get the Rise of the Tomb Raider, and not exclusives like Uncharted. Like Sony has so many studios that they outright own and own IP that they that they produce. I agree. Um, you know, historically, consoles launch with garbage games. They really do. Yeah. I mean, you look at Switch. Yeah. I, mean, I like Zelda, but you look at Switch. You look at PlayStation Four. You look at the original Xbox. Go back as far as you want. Launch launch games are pretty crappy typically. So, unfortunately, I feel like Xbox fell into that same trap. 
I'm hopeful that maybe over the next year they build some more traction and all these big developers that are super excited about Xbox have something to show. But this year didn't really win me over on anything in particular. And I think it was a big miss on that point. And um, it's un- it's unfortunate because based on how much they hyped this up, this launch of this console, I mean, you would think this is like the second coming of Jesus at this point. Right. And it doesn't seem to be that way. Okay, so going, let's circle back to the console itself. Yes. The Project Scorpio reveal of what is now called... The Xbox One X. Stupid name. Xbox One X. Yes. Six teraflops. Uh, shit ton of RAM. Hold on, I wrote down the number. I think it's 12 gigs, isn't it? 12 gigabytes of DDR5 or 6 RAM. November 7th. True 4K, 8 million pixels. 4K UHD Blu-ray player in the box, which is probably what's driving that cost up. I agree. 499 Cost sucks. Cost is really bad. Really bad, especially when you have PS4 Pro, a right. less powerful console for a hundred bucks less. Right. Now I'm kind of wondering if that's why they don't have the PS4 Pro does not have that 4K Blu-ray drive in there. Okay, let me ask you this question: If they said the Xbox, what you just read to me, price was three ninety nine, would you be freaking out right now? I would be way more interested in getting that thing. I'm the same way. I'm just curious. I'm the same way. Because, and I was happy too that they made sure to mention that if you have a 1080p set, you will still get benefits via super sampling and all this other shit in your Xbox games that have Xbox One X enhancements than just playing on your regular Xbox One S or uh, the OG Xbox One. So they did make a mention of it, which is I felt like when I watched Sony's PS4 Pro conference, they didn't right. talk about it at all. But it's it's been clear, like, obviously 3D has not been the next big thing. You know, they thought it was going to be the next big thing. And it fell flat. And every movie that came out in theaters had a 3D thing, and right? It's pretty much gone now. And it's hard to find a 3D few movies. of them, you know, you'll come out with movies now and very few of them will be in 3D. It's way less than it was a few years ago, for sure. Also, 3D Blu-rays, they thought that was going to be the next biggest thing with 3D televisions and all the stuff you had to wear glasses for, which is the worst idea. And even now, they still haven't figured that shit out. Like, my dad bought a, a 4K TV, and I went over, I made sure to tell him, when you buy a Blu-ray player, make sure it has 3D, because I want not because you're going to use it, which I know he's not, but because I want to try it out, because I have a few 3D Blu-rays that I've never used that I want to try out. Right. And I tried them out, and some work way better than others. Like the Transformers one, Dark of the Moon, looks a lot better than any of the Marvel 3D Blu-rays I have. The Marvel ones look like utter crap. Um, so it's, it's a shame. They have not figured that out. So it's clear, you know, and Sony had the 3D games on PS3 for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that, that. with the special TV or whatever and their glasses and stuff. Yeah, and the well. idea of like the split screen on the same TV because you're viewing it at different refresh rates through the glasses. You could play two different games or this. It wouldn't be a split screen per se, but it would be a different sample rate on the I remember, screen. I remember that. Yeah, they had that actually at E3. They had a booth of that. Um, that's gone. So it's clear that they thought 4K is going to be the next big thing and they're doubling down on it. And all the new TVs people are buying are 4K, 4K, 4K. But there's no 4K content. Your cable box doesn't push 1080p still. Yeah, it's still 720. It's still 720 upscaled to seven to 1080. Yeah. 
you have to pay extra on most of the streaming services to get 4K. I don't think Hulu does it. Netflix, you have to pay a little bit more. I'm not sure about like HBO or any of the smaller ones, but Amazon is the only one that includes 4K with your True. your streaming service purchase. So they're definitely investing in that heavily, and maybe it's a maybe it's a smart business move in the long run. And people look back on it and say, "Man, they jumped way ahead of this." And true, 4K is where it's at. And maybe in a year or two, we'll reap some rewards. I just I had a hard time. Um, yes, I know it's a powerful console. I'm very familiar with how computers are. I have a, I'm a computer user. I built my own computer. It's powerful. It's not as powerful as the most powerful computer, but they didn't say it was. I understand that. Consoles are different. It's definitely a powerful console. I just wanted... I couldn't in good faith buy this knowing that I'm going to get something cool. I don't see anything coming in. And the way that Sony has dominated the sales and has all these marketing partnerships with different companies and different games, I think it's pretty fucking clear that whether or not your game will run at 1080p 60 on an Xbox One X, much less 4K 60, right. doesn't mean it's going to for the consumer because of some probably some line item uh, thing in the contract with Sony that says, you know, uh, you, know you can o- the least common denominator is going to be what it is across both platforms. I wonder if micro, you know, Microsoft in general, like if you look at how they run their operating systems in Windows, where they have these numerous versions and they get bogged down and under their, you know, like Microsoft Vista had six or seven different versions, mm-hmm. like Xbox uh, or uh, Windows 10 is like Ultimate Home, Ultimate Home, all these things. I wonder if it's just some corporate culture where they feel like, hey, we need to have all these price points. Where you have the original Xbox, then the S is sort of in the middle with some sort of upscaling, then Xbox X, which is like the true 4K. It gets very convoluted, and it's like, well, you know, you almost feel like you need a little chart at the end of each trailer. Like, what you just saw was like this, but it's going to look like this for you, and this for you, and this for you. Right. And it's very it, – it makes me hard to – it makes me – it's hard for me to want to reinvest anything new in an Xbox console at this point because I don't know if I'm going to see those benefits. I wasn't happy with the PlayStation 4 Pro either. But I definitely, now with up to three different types of consoles that offer three different experiences at different price points, all tiered like $50 apart or $100 apart, it's very difficult to look at and say, geez, what what do I do? I was kind of thinking that based off last year, the Xbox One S has that uh, upscaled chip in it, right? Yeah. And the big deal about the difference between that, not only is it slimmer, hence right. the S... But it also has the ability to play 4K Blu-rays and play 4K streaming content. True. As well as the HDR and 4K upscaling for certain games, which I think Gears 4 might be the only one, maybe Forza Horizon 3. True. Can upscale to 4K on a 4K TV. I thought they were going to do that, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. And and not have the, the thing out the next year, so... I was certainly surprised when they said it's going to launch this year. I mean, seeing what it is now, like it's it is way more powerful, but I don't know that it's going to last. I don't know. Like Sony's going to have a PS4 or PS5 in a few years. Are they going to stick with the Xbox One X cuz Sony's things only going to be 5 teraflops? Are they going to be at 6 at that next oh, one and they're right. like, "Well, if the next console generation is 6 teraflops yeah. with 6 12 gigs of RAM, we're already there." So fuck it, we'll just stay with the One X and ride it out. Ride it out. I don't know. This, you know, I mean, you remember Xbox was first out of the gate. Um, the problem, I think, the real problem is the that the televisions don't die. 
That's the important. Your television doesn't die, so you don't need to replace your television as often as you did. Like uh, people were upgrading to HD because they were getting a smaller TV in terms of like depth, right? You're moving away totally different technologies, and this is this is talk that we've talked about before with like you know the difference between the PS One and Two and Three is like light speed jump in graphics, whereas like the Three to the Four or the Four Pro or you know, the 360 to the 1 to Correct. the 1X is not a light speed jump in graphics. And the same thing with the TVs. Like, now that the TVs last for so long, there are still people rocking their original plasmas they bought in 2003, probably. You know, if the plasma didn't die on them. Or an LCD. Right. I've got an LCD from when I got married five years ago that works great. We saw that TV behind you. We've had it for eight years. <laughs> you know, that TV's not going to... The True. They made them to last a long time. So the 4K upgrade... It's not happening unless people have the money to do it. Not because it's a want rather than a need necess- necessitated by a, a jump in quality or um, you know a jump in technology. And the fact that your cable company is like 4K. They don't care. Whatever. That's not helping them either. So maybe Xbox is just so forward thinking and five years will look back and say, man, they really cornered that market and we just didn't see it. But... As of today, right now, if I'm a non-gamer and I'm looking to enter the market, I'm having a hard time being sold on Xbox One X. I mean, if... I bumped the table with my watch and it sounded like a door knock, which probably set her off. Stupid dogs. Stupid dogs. Stupid dogs. Right. No, I agree. And I, I think that's. I think that was the hurdle Xbox needed to overcome this year on sales, and I didn't see it happening. No, I don't think they're going to do it. So, we'll see. Sad. As an Xbox fan, I'm sad. I'm sad, too, because I wanted Scorpio to be something that just isn't. Um. Okay, so let me ask you about the original backwards compatibility announcement. Why? Why are they doing that? I guess... I don't... It I, doesn't make any sense, I, because I, to me, nobody's got those discs anymore. I maintain when backward... When Backcat... Backcompat came out, I thought it was stupid. And I... Other than playing Alan Wake on the three, which we talked about the very right. last podcast we did, and I was how blown away by how fun it was. I have not used it. Every time the Xbox games with gold come out and the back, the 360 games come out, I don't pick them up. I don't even I don't even flag them. I don't care. I pick them up because I haven't played most of them. Um, this I, I still maintain this is a it's no one cares. There's there's a very you know they're they're resting their laurels on two games: Call of Duty Black Ops. And Red Dead Redemption. Those are the only two games that anybody's played on backward compatibility that anybody cares about. Everything else is just flat. No one's like, oh my god, I can't believe I get to play, you know, Ninja Gaiden Black again or whatever. Like, no, just no one cares. So, and I thought that about the 360 and then them going back and saying, oh, by the way, we're going to announce the original Xbox One so you can play Crimson Skies. And people are like, what? I, I don't know what they're doing. I think they're all over the place. I, I don't see it. I mean, I guess it, it doesn't hurt as a gamer to say, hey, this is more value. It's not like it costs you anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's not like the Scorpio is $50 more because it can do this. It's still a way better Just thing. no one cares. I think with – I bet once they figured out that they could do that, yeah. that's when they really started looking hard at the Game Pass program because now right. for your, so your $10 a month, your Game Pass has – all the generations of Xbox games I that agree. it can possibly have, I as agree. opposed to Sony's 
twenty dollars and only get to play three games or whatever the fuck that I is. I look back. I look at it and say, streaming yes, option. It's more value for your money. It's cool, but instead of you guys wasting time allowing me to play, and I defy you to name five original Xbox games you even care about that you could even name. Period. I couldn't. Um, I wonder, does anybody even care? Why not take that time and investment and go make a cool indie game? <laughs> yeah, chances are they, they've probably already been upgraded to HD releases. Like probably. Black and White 1 had an HD release on 360 right. that you that is backwards compatible. You can go play. Right. Halo 1 and Halo 2, which would be two of the ones I would throw out there. Oh, yeah, they've already had releases on... The Master Edition. The, the Master Chief you know, Halo 1 released on 360, and now you have the Master Chief Collection with all that shit. Yes, Anniversary Edition. Do you think if there had been a Halo 3 Anniversary Edition, they'd have had a, a more successful conference in people's eyes? Yes, I would have been more excited. I, would have, I personally would have been much more excited for that news. Um, it was something I wanted. They were very clear that it wasn't happening, and it didn't happen. And that, was, that, that kind of stunk. Um, but, yeah, and it goes back to your saying about the pillars. Like, you don't have anything. You don't have another pillar to hang your hat on. They need a third-year pillar for sure. Yeah, you don't have a pillar to hang your hat on, then you have to do something with the other ones, again, that make us care. And they didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on to the next conference that happened. We're doing these chronological order, so So, late, late that evening. Oh, my God. Is that Ubisoft? Over here on the East Coast. Oh, Bethesda. This is Bethesda. Yeah. So the Xbox happened at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Reasonable time. Now, I remember Bethesda last year, I think, when, they were late. when I watched it, it was, like, late at night. 11, I think. But it, I want to say it was 10 or 11. It was late. It was late. This was at fucking midnight. Oh, so... my God. I okay, so my story is on this one. Um, I was prepared. I was ready. I thought this was going to be, like, an hour-long thing. Right. Or an hour and a half, like, Microsoft, based dive off in, in, the long go. Fallout 4 gameplay we got last year. Right. And the long Doom gameplay, gameplay we got last year as well. Um, so I, at 8 o'clock, was like, okay, well, I am usually can handle caffeine pretty well. So I'm going to have a, uh, a cup of coffee at 8.30, you know, and edit Jim's video for Xbox and make sure that uploads. And I'm going to have a cup of coffee here because I'm going to be up real late doing a reaction video and, and you, editing all that stuff for Bethesda. Make couldn't make it. No, I fucking made it. I made it all the way through the goddamn night. Oh, I thought you made it the next day. Because no. I downloaded everything the next day. No, I, I made sure that for you. your 50 viewers that watched it out but of it was 500 great. subscribers who don't bother to watch your videos. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. Um, 50 Bethesda. I yeah. made sure that it was going to be up late at night so when people woke up, they could watch it. I just thumbed up it, so it's now got four Woo. thumbs up. 51. Anyway. And what would you think? I was so pissed it was so short and so full of stuff that was not impressive and was stuff that you was <laughs> in hindsight it was all stuff that was like a sequel or a, a layup on on a past game or past franchise okay so when i was there keep in mind i went to bethesda land lost my sh- like lost my lunch i under now if i had been there after the fact oh, it was great. and had the party and all that stuff that you had i'd have been like yes this was the best but, i had the most fun but just in terms of what everybody else saw like that the, 40 minutes the smoke is settled sucked. the smoke is settled the drinks have been drinked <laughs> the food has been fooded <laughs> all right i will admit with you yes in hindsight bethesda's conference was pretty bad it wasn't good 
I don't Bethesda entered the E3 thing a couple years ago, and everybody wondered was it going to be a forever thing or a one-off thing. And just like EA, it turns out Bethesda not everything Bethesda touches turns to gold. Yeah. And the announcements weren't there. You could have done a special Bethesda Direct on uh, Wolfenstein 2 and gotten the same pop. Now, I'll give them a pass for Dishonored because I'm a huge Dishonored fan. I can't wait for the death of the Outsider. That's going to be amazing. Those two characters that were featured heavily in the trailer mm-hmm. are very important to the lore of Dishonored 2. And I'm very curious about what's happening next. That said... Everything else they showed, the paid, the the creator studio, which is just another backhanded attempt at monetizing DLC, yet another Skyrim release with Link on the Switch. Which you no knew was qu- coming. No Quake news other than BJ coming out, which was cool but kind of expected because he's kind of a pillar of... Yeah, I thought they would be... like so. Le- well, a release date, a collector's edition, more characters... It just, it was one of those conferences like EA where they're like, well, you dump out all your stuff on the table and you're like, well, what do we got? Well, I got a button. Well, you know, it's better than nothing. So like, they just didn't have that pop that made me go, oh my God, Bethesda, and like give them my base. So, so waiting for Bethesda to start, I was watching on um, YouTube and I had it just on the Beth- whatever, I think maybe it was IGN, but I had them on mute because I'm more interested in what kind of funny says half the time okay. than the I- whoever's on IGN because since it's so random, they have so many people there yes. that are there. Yes, right. So I had IGN up on my iPad. I was waiting for it to start, and I noticed that they were talking about the starry background, and they were like, okay, so it's very like animation-y oh, and kitty right, right. and stuff, and they were speculating like they, because they trademarked Starlight or Star yes, something. Yes, open-world star game and never came to be. I was like, okay, so we're going to... I got a all hyped up on a new game announcement and it fell and it never happened <laughs> and then the other thing that i thought fell flat was they started with the parents and kids video which was weird like was a, so- here's here's bethesda as a family our kids know what we do and they're proud that we're game developers all this stuff and since i thought this is where they were going and since they're proud of us we wanted to make sure that we have a game for our kids to play that they can say, my daddy works for the company that makes that. Because all Bethesda games right. are M, right? Yeah, they're They're all. pure mature. Doom, you're not going to let your kid play that. Skyrim, I don't know, but I would guess, you know, you're not going to let your kid play that. Or Fallout, you know, um, Ark, or... Uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein, definitely not. Or even Dishonored, definitely not. You know, their, their, their slate of games is all M-rated. Right. Which, as an adult, fine with me, but... Right. You know, I guess I'm getting to this age where, like, Olivia's getting older. She's going to want to take you interest in... You soft, Casino. Yeah. But she's going to probably, I'm hoping, want to take interest in playing games with me. And I want to be able to have something to play with her. So I thought Bethesda's going into something more kid-friendly. More family-friendly gaming. A platformer. But have they ever made a fucking platformer? Like, a pure platformer? I mean, Dishonored's kind of that. Not quite. Um, that's where I thought they were going. Or a Starship game, something along those lines. And instead of, they went from the Starfield to fucking a carnival. To Bizarro Carnival. To Bizarro Carnival. Which worked perfectly in person, but translated atrociously to a press But just on the video, those things were so long, and it was like, okay, obviously you guys kind of took Sony's notes, but again, you have all these long interstitials that don't make any sense, because, you know, they didn't announce a carnival game. Hey, if they had announced a uh, the Evil Within two takes place in an evil carnival, 
like this, right? That'd have been a great thing to like connect all your games with, but that just never happened. So right off the bat, the Starfield, which never connected, the kids video, which never connected to anything, and the carnival thing, which was just totally did not connect with the Starfield, you know. What yeah. everybody stared at for twenty minutes. I think people were reading, and too I know much that doesn't mean too much, and I know people were reading into it too much. But I think people are reading too much into it. But I. But do that's what you have to no. take into effect when you're when you we're grading these conferences. Like, what are the expectations going in? What were people saying? What did we get? What delivered? Like to me, that's why Bethesda fell flat. And then to find out that all of their all of their announcements were things that were were add-ons to games that were already announced, yes. which some of which I expected. Right. But then that the only new true games that they announced were pure sequels. Sometimes. And I know they're a smaller company, so I understand that if they if they got a pop on something, they want to continue to hit that because in the video game world, kind of unlike the movie studios, it seems like uh, in video games, if you have a first game that's successful, the sequel always does better than the first game. Yes. In terms of sales and monetary. Of course. Whereas like in um, movies anyway... The sequel is not guaranteed to do better than the first one. Right. Transformers 5 just came out. Tanked. Terrible opening in the U.S. domestically. $40 million. Transformers 4, the first one with Mark Wahlberg, had terrible reviews as well. $90 million opening domestically. Yeah. So what happened there, you know? But games seem to be on this trajectory where it's like a guaranteed moneymaker if you make a sequel to something that people liked the first time. And I think this is, you look at what Bethesda did, you look at what EA did, you compare it to what Nintendo did. Nintendo's only half an hour. Sometimes more is right. Sometimes less is better. And I don't think Bethesda had an hour worth of announcements, and they put in all these bumpers and cartoons and all this such, and no one cared. And you were waiting for that other shoe to drop, and yes, Wolfenstein looks freaking amazing, but we knew it would, and it never did. You kept waiting for this big draw of like, what is the big, oh my God, announcement that I'm just going to lose my shirt over? It never happened. Yeah. Before you know the press conference is over, chain smokers come out live, we're all drinking, having fun. No one's talking about the press conference. We're all like getting no. hamburgers. You're all swag. focused on what swag you can pick right, up from right. all the booths and stuff. But if I, I can tell you, if I was at home watching that, I would have been like, I'm going to bed. There, I heard, uh, I think I'm kind of funny, uh, maybe Tim was like, Bethesda had a great conference, they were mine number one. I was like, what the no, fuck are you smoking? No way, no way. Uh, Doom VFR, or very fucking VR, whatever the hell. Yeah. They didn't say what the F was for. So That's it's like, fucking. what does this mean? They didn't, when you wrote, when you then put that, out it, fucking and and blur you know blur out the f u the u c k i n or whatever. I laughed at when you said that because everybody knows anything doom anything f g is like the f. Is, I, I get okay, like the fucking John. I get it. You know. So when you when you said that, I was like, but oh, when you put oh, that in there, I'm like, gamer dad. What is that stand for? Furious? No, it stands for fucking man. It's doom, bro. Your chance on zombie. I get you. But look, you look at – oh, and I, by the way, to clarify, you made a point and it was a good question. Why is Skyrim open world walk around freely? And, Not just Skyrim, Fallout 4. And why is Doom point to point? And they, I asked the developers uh-huh. and they told me because people get motion sick playing Doom because it runs at like 200 frames a second. It's too much for virtual reality. You'll hurdle. So why didn't they lower the frames then to something acceptable – for yes. that for that section of the game. Because that's not what Doom is. I'm just, you know. Doom and Quake, as you saw, is if you need If life. you need 40 to 60 frames a second to make it reliable, 
Well, most VR is pretty high frame rate anyway, though. But anyway, but, but, I just, right. I just but that's what I'm saying, though. If you, if it needs to be at least 60 to be non-motion sickness-like, then why not keep it at 60? Because that's what a lot of people played it at on console. That's true. Right. So I guess what is the de- what is the deal other than that, me, other just, than right. this only runs on PCs? Just and that same. was another thing. The Xbox One X in the Scorpio teaser video. You can play Fallout 4 in VR in your Xbox Scorpio. Wrong. At least not this year. They're not doing any VR stuff there, so that was kind of a, a weird thing. But So yeah, uh, Doom so, VR, Fallout 4 VR. One has a different approach than the other. I'm glad they're doing these things. It seems like Fallout would be a great game to play in VR. Because it wasn't that fun regular. <laughs> <laughs> um, until you look down and realize you have no feet. That's true. No, <laughs> you feet, know? no feet in Fallout. Um, Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind. I guess this does really well for them year after year. Oh, so it's free to play games, so it's not like it's killing. I don't know. Uh, Creation Club, like you said, you didn't like that. That was at a all. very bad announcement. Yeah, this is this room. This is reminiscent of what's. Don't they already about. get a piece of uh, the mods? Mods are free. Keep the mods free, bro. Oh, they're free. Yep. Until Steam tried to monetize it, and after a day they shut it down. Ah, that's Remember right. That? That's right. Okay. Elder Scrolls card game. Coming to phones. Legends. Heroes of Skyrim. I was like, okay. It doesn't have the weight that a war- World of Warcraft game does, and that's why Hearthstone does so well, because right. we've been playing World of Warcraft for 15 years now, right. and we know the characters and care. You're, the characters in Skyrim don't mean anything. And honestly, like looking at just at the cards, like the art is just as intricate, but the stuff on Hearthstone, which I haven't played in a long time... But it's more colorful and fun. Yes, yes. And yes. looks like it'd be more fun to play than the dull, dour art that was on the Skyrim. I agree. Uh, or Elder Scrolls cards. Skyrim on Switch, cool, but we already knew that. I thought the idea of like, like shit. here was one company. I'm holding your Switch. I'm very careful. I don't want to break it because um, you can't get another one right. <laughs> very easily. <laughs> Here was one company, though, that actually said, which I commend them for, we're going to make an effort to put our games on Switch. We didn't say how soon they will be on Switch, but they're making an effort. And the fact that they put in Amiibo support, which is there any other third party that has Amiibo support? Even if it's just that one Link Amiibo, which they'll probably have a special edition for Skyrim. Right. To come out on so that you buy a new amiibo, right? Like that's we'll Nintendo's game I got plan. Two that need to go upstairs already sitting here talking. Um, but the fact that a third-party company is putting their game on Switch with amiibo support, I gotta commend that because no, what other cool. company is doing that, right? They said, yeah, they they were on. Yeah, it was cool that there's a motion support gimmick if you want it with like the bow and arrow. I don't know if it's gonna. Yeah, that too looked so, looked but, neat. But, you but, can try it out if you want to. The problem is though. For all of us who have Skyrim. Right, it's been out for 10 years almost. And they keep re-releasing the same game over and they've released like and six Skyrim. They had the Definitive Edition last year yeah. on the current consoles, but that's not what is coming to Switch, right? Nope. Is yeah. it even 1.5 or it's just pure Skyrim it's 1.0? Like vanilla Skyrim, really dumbed down graphics. So I guess that's where you would lose a little bit, but you can play Skyrim on the road, Jimmy, or in your car, or... It drops like 20 bucks, I'd buy. Yeah. But I'm not losing, like, sleep over it. Uh, Dishonored DLC. Very excited. Looks cool, but again, it's DLC. Quake Champions, BJ Blaskowitz, which I played today as BJ, although you can't tell 
because it's not a third person hero right. game. You just see his head in the You bottom. just see his game. Uh, I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah, right. You don't. You're right. I forgot. They did happen. They I just see the gun. So, I patched it out. It used to be on So, there. big deal. Big deal. But yeah, like that's a game that's in beta. There are no big announcements for that other than a new character. They, I feel like they just didn't have enough this year. They should have just not participated. Just take it's okay. You don't have to be there every year. Right. The Evil Within two trailer, I was like, God damn, that was way too long. Oh my god. And at one point, it I I don't know where it switched from like cinematic to gameplay. Yeah. But at the point that it did, I no longer cared. I that trailer was way, it was like 10 minutes, wasn't it? It was, and it didn't even depict gameplay. Like, the guy was walking, then he melts in this thing of, like... like All the weird milk stuff. White yeah. milk, then he's walking around again, then he's... It's just, yeah. Is there white milk in Evil Within 1? Is that, like, the ghoulish thing, that there's white milk that I don't infects know. people? I don't know what... I don't know what they were thinking. It's... But, again... Too much, not too much filler, just not enough yeah. substance. Yeah. The only saving grace that Bethesda had that I'm going to give them a credit to that no other developer had is Pete Hines made a statement at the very end and he said, everything you saw will be out by the end of this year. And that was really cool. That is cool. But there wasn't much to be excited about. Right. But it was cool. Everything you saw, you will play. We're not going to pull this crap and see you next year. No. At December 31st, everything I saw is, can be in your hands if you want it. Drop the mic. Thank you. That is neat. Wolfenstein 2, I'm excited about. I love that first game. Day one. Uh, I don't think you need to play the Old Blood. I think you can. I think Wolfenstein, the new order, the full game is a better experience. Right. You don't need to play it, but if you enjoyed it, check it out. But, yeah, I'm excited for that one. So, yeah, I think Bethesda is somewhere in the middle bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not so great. Just because that was that and Evil with so they had two new games they announced. Right. Out of you know, one, two, three, four, ten announcements. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Two out of nine not were brand new items. Not very good. And if that E three is about the new things, right? What's coming? What's coming? Be, it's supposed to be the hype of what's on the horizon. Yeah, pretty low. Okay, so on to Ubisoft. I really like the Ubisoft conference, as opposed to other ones, but I thought in their conference there was a lot of cool things to see, um, even though, like, looking at the list, I'm like, eh. So, but it just it came off a lot better, I guess, than Bethesda's did the night before. I agree with you. Ubisoft, the best U- mood, mood. This is the best Ubisoft, Ubisoft conference we've had in a long time. Ever, ever. Dropping Aisha Tyler with all her backhanded jokes to gamers. I like Aisha Tyler. Good. Enjoy. But I did not like the interviews we had last year. The 20 minute interview with like the Eagle Rare VR game. Not even, yeah. And the Star bad. Trek bridge guy. She rubbed, all that stuff she was boring. rubbed so many people the wrong way. It was like, I couldn't tell if she was making fun of us or the event or what. She just, she was a distraction. And her being removed. Hold on, my better than Xbox sign again. Her being removed was um, a, a great, a, a great thing, and I love just how I said those E3 moments I had talking with the guys at Moss, talking with some of the other developers like at Nintendo. I saw that on the stage, and it made me care more about their games. Mm-hmm. They talked about it and thanked the team, and they were emotional about it. It made me, and I was sympathetic to that. And games that I didn't think I would ever care about, like The Crew Two, suddenly is like, hey, you know what? That might not be bad. Even though the crew won, nobody played. It was trash. So they open with their big gun, Mario plus Rabbids, 
Kingdom Battle. And freaking... And Miyamoto... Miyamoto-san comes out on stage... With the giant gun or whatever. How cool was that? It was cool, but again, with these Japanese guys, I know they're loved and respected... But man, the translation just kills the it does. the momentum of them being in the room or having anything doing on stage. If he just came out on stage and waved, we all know who he is. The end. You're right. Like the French guy, the president of Ubisoft, Yves Guillemot. Yves, Yves Guillemot could have done all the talking and said, "Thank you. We were so excited to partner with you. We're looking Here's the game. Looking new. forward." And if Miyamoto had said. Hello, thank you, goodbye. We are excited too. If those were the only three phrases he learned, that would have been great. Perfect. No, I agree. I think that one went on too long. That game looks amazing. It plays amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was a surprise. I knew it. I knew about it about a month ago because it leaked, and I was trying not to look at spoilers, but right. I had to. <laughs> I called this Advance Wars on Acid. Yes. Trying to make a, a Nintendo paraphrase, but apparently it's more like XCOM, it's which X, I've never played. It's XCOM. It's exactly XCOM. That's exactly what it is. It's, to me, it's 3D Advance Wars on Acid. But it looks fun. Looks cool. And it's going to be a good game, and I think it's going to be a great little travel game on the Switch when you just want to play a round or two. I think you're going to... Oh, yeah. That's going to be a great, like, 10, 30-minute game. It's a great experience. You don't have to dive deep into Assassin's Creed Origins. They didn't cover much here because I think they had a lot of it in the Xbox conference. Yeah. 10-year anniversary of the original game, which I did not know. I I thought they would have made a bigger deal out of that. Um, The Black Flag team has been working on this, I guess, since the end of that game. So that's a good sign to me because yeah. that was the best game they've made ever since Assassin's Creed 2. Since Assassin's Creed 1. You know? Or Brotherhood was very good too. I don't know which team made that. The first one was the best because I'll tell you. It was not the best game. You don't remember having the different sections of the city cordoned off? I remember. And you ran into the invisible wall and you couldn't go over there until Memory later in the unlocked. game. Memory Quit having fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. That sucked. Uh, the Crew 2, South Park, we already knew about. Transference with Elijah Wood, the VR thing. No idea what that trauma. is. Trauma. I was like, so are we going into like trauma as in like you got raped or you got attacked? It's going to be two hours of me at therapy. <laughs> yeah. My, my initial therapy tapes will be two hours of me at therapy. Like what is this? Is it a game? What is it? Horrible. Skull and Bones I talked about. At Big length. pop for at me. Length, and I think that's going to be a home run. Uh, Just Dance, they always have these. I, this must be a big moneymaker for them as well. The best part of Just they Dance... they these out. The best part of Just Dance was being on the stage, or being at the official Ubisoft stage at the E3 press conference, and they kept having fans come up and dance. And it's these big... I mean, I'm, the, I'm not a thin guy, but these big, fat, slob guys, like with their ass cracked hanging out, trying to dance to impress people... And like it was really. This was on the E3 floor. It was. It was great. They simulcasted on the channel, and these big fat guys doing the dance. And they had like a guy dressed up like a panda or like a hamster. Oh wow! And these big dudes dancing around, just sweating. Trying to get these hardcore gamers to buy their dance game, which they're not. And they're all on stage, and it was hysterical. I loved it. What a train wreck! (laughs) South Park Phone Destroyer again. Another game into mobile that I'm like interested in. Oh, good. I, if it was available today, the great thing about Fallout, uh, yeah, Fallout, Fallout Shelter. Shelter last year, available today. I downloaded it, right played it the now. next day. We didn't have any announcement right no now. No right nows. Not a single one. I, I still maintain, going back to Cuphead, that Xbox has teased us so long with Cuphead. They waited to wait longer. That we had to wait long and long and long, and they've talked about it for four years in a row now. Uh-huh. That it should have been a released right now, 
at E3. Or for free. Or it launches for free on Games with Gold, same way that... Ooh. Think about the pop that Rocket League had. Oh my god. Because it launched on uh, PS Plus. Yeah, now they're talking shit to Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now they're talking back to them. The, biting the hand that fed them, basically. And we'll get to that probably last, uh, if we can. And the Super NES Classic, if there's still time. Are we still recording? Yes, we are. Two hours in, baby. But this is the re- you stopped it though, didn't you? No, I did not. Oh, so it's I'll, I'll cut out the, all that other shit later, okay. and they won't have heard it. Uh, Starlink. This was I was like, what the fuck? Uh, did they not pay attention to No Man's Sky last year, and how poorly that did? Much less Skylanders and Disney Infinity are going downhill. Disney Infinity is done. Lego Dimensions going downhill. This what is Skylanders year, doing? You know, I, I'm, I'm, as I'm listening... This is a year too late, basically. As I'm Two years too late. Was that the last... Was there any other games? Uh, Steep, which is the snowboard game. Oh, Far Cry 5. Looks cool, but we already knew it was coming out. That's the thing. Right. We had so much talk on it. There was I don't know why they had the Far Cry 5 thing two weeks prior. That was a bad idea. Instead of talking about it and launching it here. Horrible idea. Uh, and then Beyond Good and Evil 2, which seemed like they haven't even started work on. It's not even in development, as far as I can tell. Here's, again, re- you listening to that list, uh, broken record, what did we learn from this press conference? What substance was there? What made me excited? Nothing. Uh, Mario and Rabbids. Okay. Miyamoto coming out was pretty cool. And Sea of Bones. Or not Sea of Skull Bones. And Skull, and Bones. Skull and Bones. Sea of Bones is a cooler name. Sea of Bones. But I understand why they can't call it Sea of Bones. You could. It's just it's gonna, your ship's not going to be Even more confusing <laughs> than it already is. I don't know why. Um, I like this format, by the way. Aisha needs to stay away. They need to stick to the developers coming out and talking about their game. 30 little, thirty second little, hey, my name's Bob. I worked on this game. It's important to me because XYZ. Roll that beautiful bean footage. And that's what I needed to see. And for that, I, I appreciate it. Technically, I think this was the best press conference in terms of just like how press conferences run. It didn't seem to go overly long on anything. Right. It was, we didn't get lost in any kind of slog or anything like that. They were very clear on what you were getting, when you were getting it, how you were getting it, where it was coming, and it was good. It was a good pace. Yes. So I think they learned their lesson from the 14-hour press conference, which only rivals your Batman vs Superman podcast in terms of length. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, it was way too long last year, and it, they tightened it up, and I think they did a great job. Yeah. So next we have PlayStation. And I'm always, you know, I'm always glad you saved the best for last. <laughs> it's you. not that we saved the best for last, because it certainly was not the best this year. I think we can all agree on that. I will say, and I will agree with you, I think PlayStation's, pre- PlayStation's press conference was DLC to last year's press conference. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because I didn't... Do you have a list? All the, I'm trying to think. Let I have the list in front of me, yes. Okay, before I even get to the list, let me think of some of the things I saw. Um, the only thing that stands out to me was Spider-Man gameplay. Yes, but we saw a trailer last year. No, but this is gameplay. It's different. Okay, we had God of War gameplay, which we didn't. We did have last year too. Didn't mention that I cared about that. I'm trying to think right. of. I'm trying to think of something. That I could walk away and say, whoa, we just saw blank. And Spider-Man... Oh, I shouldn't say that. Uncharted gameplay 
which it's we th- DLC to the game that already came out. It's a full. That's what I. That's the misnomer. I mean, a forty dollar DLC add on standalone. Explaining it, they they've said numerous times it's a twelve to fourteen hour experience, which is seventeen times the original length of Uncharted Three. Uh, <laughs> how long was Uncharted 3? You've said this like six times. I, I don't know what, beat, how long it was. I beat Uncharted 3 in under five hours. Oh. And Rachel looked over at me and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed and I'm like, you're right, dear. Hope you like that multiplayer mode. It's okay. I'll play it again because it's going to be out. But um, yeah, what, what I'm trying to think. What did they have that made me like excited? Okay, Spider-Man? so let me go down the list and I'm going to tell you if we saw it before. Either last year or earlier in the year. Okay. Um, provide your own sound, which I don't know which provide one. Provide your own sound. Oh, that's right. Because in the in the, at my theater, there was no sound. Oh yeah. The I want to get to that later. I want to get to that later. No. We're talking about just games. Uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy sequel, or uh, something we knew was coming before, right? Because yes. did they have a trailer to that previously? They did, but the problem is, and it's funny depending on who you ask, the characters that are featured in that game are really irrelevant to most players. Are, is that Nathan's kid? Any of them? No. No, it's not. They were were they characters in Uncharted Four? No. Uh, the the woman, one of the women was the older in, woman was the black woman was in four. She was the bounty hunter that was uh, a mercenary. Okay. And then Chloe was a character in two. And Chloe, that actress was from Farscape, I believe. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like the British actress from Farscape, you and of, it looks like motion capture of her face. When they you look think very of similar. Uncharted DLC, his wife, Sully, his Those, brother, his brother now, his brother. All stories, way more interesting than anything this game can show me. I'm gonna buy it because I like Uncharted, and I know what I'm gonna get. My, I know the adventure that awaits. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Fell flat. Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. A lot of spoilers there because I still haven't played the first one, but I guess I don't need to because clearly everybody lives and they're happy because she's walking around. Um, so, yeah, things we had seen before, both of those. Uh, Days Gone, we saw that last year. Now, the thing that they talked about during the Days Gone behind closed doors was that... I know. I'm still, Ooh, uh, I got to go behind closed doors. Hey, Jim, guess what? I can go in your bathroom and, and the shut door. the door, and I'll be behind closed doors. The, I can take the recorder with me, and we'll have a behind closed doors podcast. Something that I think they didn't deliver on on that game that I learned about later was that a lot of that gameplay is dynamic. Like that scene that they played through, uh-huh. that's very dynamic. It looked very mo- It looked very scripted. But, like, if you got off your motorcycle and you untied that rope, he would have never fallen off. And you could have driven your motorcycle right through. You could have driven your motorcycle right into the bandits camp and started shooting him and, like, ramping around. They didn't show that. And that's unfortunate because that, that didn't seem like an open world game. It seemed like a very scripted element. Right. So, okay. dis- disappointment. Uh, Monster Hunter World. This got a huge pop in I'm my very theater. For Monster Hunter, I, I was excited. I didn't understand why. Monster Hunter is a very, very famous game series that has pretty much been exclusive on 3DS for a very long time. Okay. And the fact that it's coming to the big screen, it's pretty. It looks pretty cool. Okay. All right, I can understand that now. Pokemon for adults. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Ah! Seen it before. Dun, Ten years ago. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, did they have a remaster on PS3? 
for they that game? They did. They ported it over, but I don't know if it was a remaster. That's where I played it. That was the first time I played it was on the... You played it on PS3, I not 2? I never played it on PS2. I got the collection with that Nyko. So what the what was the deal with the controls on... They said they were updating the... Now, I thought this was a sequel, and then you came back and told me this was a remake. It's a re- yeah, remaster. Not, yeah, not a remaster, remake. It's so a remake. Clean slate. We're starting from nothing, but we want to make it look like the old one. Okay. Um, the controls. So what are the, what about the controls on the old one? They were so shitty. The climbing mechanics were very sloppy. The same kind of concern that a lot of people had with with the Last Guardian uh, was prevalent in Shadow of the Colossus, where the controls were sloppy. It was sometimes like you wanted to jump in a weird. The camera would change at the last second, and your character wouldn't do what you wanted okay. it to do. Okay. So the static camera doesn't do it any favors. Right. Um, and also, just in general, like it was a chore sometimes. You knew what you needed to do, and you'd spend twenty minutes trying to do it. Okay. Uh, Marvel v Capcom Infinite already knew about it. Did I tell you that Rachel pre-ordered the God, statue that, edition? That animation looks awful. Okay. Yeah, I will say this. After playing the game at both E3 and on PlayStation 4 upstairs, because they now have... I downloaded the demo. I have not played it yet. It looks... After playing Injustice, yeah. it looks like a freaking flipbook. It looks horrible. I mean, just the way the character design looks awful. I agree. Um, Except you can play as Arthur from Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Who? Whatever. Call of Duty World War II. Knew about it already. Skyrim VR. Knew about it already. Or No. We knew about Skyrim on the Switch, just not VR. As we assumed VR. Oh, we did. So the VR things. <laughs> what so, is the only thing we have? So the left? New, I guess the new things for me were uh, all the VR games you didn't know were coming, right? So Skyrim VR, Starlight VR, which was the side scroller in VR, which I thought was fucking weird. That looks good. It's like, why would you need a side scroller in VR though? Oh yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm thinking of a different weird. Uh, Inpatient VR, which apparently is related to uh, Dead Till Dawn, is uh, some, apparently it's related to that game. I thought it was separate. It's from the same team, uh, but it's a VR thing. Final Fantasy Fifteen VR, Monster of the Deep, fishing. Horrible. Bravo Team VR, Moss VR, Yay. which is a 3D platformer in VR. It's a 3D platformer, but you can you're like you can manipulate the world with your controller. So like like the mouse has to jump on a platform. You can use the controller to move the platform while you're controlling the mouse so, independently. So why is it in VR? I, I guess. have no idea. That's a great question. Okay, you didn't ask that while you were chatting up those guys. I did. They didn't answer it. They said because because you wanted to. Because we want you to buy a pro. Because Sony would give us more money if we made a VR game for them than be, a regular. It doesn't one. need to be in VR. I think it has the same charm. Okay. Unfortunately, you cannot play it. <laughs> It's Unless crazy. you buy the fucking right. $500 VR headset, which as you don't need know, to actually yeah. do it. Uh, God of War. We've already seen that last year. Detroit, Become Human. Seen that. Three years now, I think. A couple years in a row. Mm-hmm. Destiny 2. Already knew about that. Oh, exclusive strike, map, gear, weapons. God damn you. Uh, Spider-Man. Looked like Batman stealth more than Spider-Man to me. Like the way that he was hiding, or the gameplay anyway. He was hiding upstairs you know and doing all the web stuff. I'm like, geez, I know we've played four Batman games just like that, but goddamn, that looks like a Batman I want, game now. I want all of you to turn up your radio or your speaker really quick and listen to the sound of jealousy. Thank you. Go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I, I will admit I'm... What are we going to do? So the game looks dumb. Whatever, dude. You're just 
get a place. No, no, you're right. You're right. I know. If I want to play Spider-Man and I do want to play Spider-Man really bad, I love playing the first movie Spider-Man game. I love Spider-Man 2 where you had the free roaming city. I didn't play any of the other ones, but I love those two. I played Ultimate Spider-Man on, the, on my PC. Love that one. They said the game is going to be 70% Spider-Man, 30% Peter fucking Parker. Interesting. Interesting. The Miles Morales got a big scream in my theater. Did There's, you know who did, that was? Yes, I know. Okay. The nerds knew. The nerds know. Comic timing listeners care that Miles Morales Woo! got a shout out. Miles. Now, I want to point out. That just because you got a fucking shout out doesn't mean you're gonna play as him. And I wanna, I wanna counter. Doesn't mean shit. I, I wanna counter Brent's uh, ill, the one knowledgeable opinion that they said it's very important. He plays a major role in the stories. What they said. Okay, that's what they said. All right. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. All right. The best thing I heard about the Spider-Man game is that his gear is changeable, oh. and you can. And I'm not the only one who hates that white spider. Greg Miller of Kind of Funny. Hates that big goddamn white spider. And you can get rid of that thing in that game. Which makes me excited even though I'm never going to play it. And I, yes, I am miffed that it's a fucking Marvel game that's exclusive to one thing. And it does not play better on Xbox. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Because it doesn't come to Xbox. Because <laughs> it doesn't come to Xbox at all. Eat it, Phil. So, yeah. I, that sucks. That sucks. But we got Cuphead. Cuphead. If uh, Xbox has this partnership with Warner Brothers, like they showcase Shadow of War... Where's the Arrow game? Shadow of War on their stage. Why don't they have an exclusive uh, DC game? Arrow, the game. Arrow. You, like, just, do, you, know, you just do muscle-ups with Ollie. It's a quick game. That would be... You can make a great God of War type game with Arrow. Oh I feel God, like. I guess you could. That the was... way that Injustice introduced the new combat with hitting people with the yes, bow. Yes. And the, the way they do that in the TV series, oh like, you really could do I a agree. very good Arrow Bring game. On Arrow. That stroke the game. Via God of War. So, that was the conferences. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything else for PlayStation? That's it. That's it. You know what was missing from PlayStation? So, yes, a lot of these are exclusive. Some of them are not. Do you know what was missing from PlayStation? But there wasn't really anything you had not seen before. The Vita. The is Vita. now officially dead. Um, Where's Geo? Vita's dead. You know, I thought it was weird that we were in the movie theater watching the, pre the official PlayStation pre-show. What do you think about that asshat? <laughs> There's a guy that whose name was not... Assad, it was spelled similar to Assad, like uh, the guy who rules uh, Syria right now, but it's Assad, is actually pronounced as missing one D or one S or something like that. And it sounded like the white guy was calling the uh, Indian or Muslim guy asshat, because Sid Schumann sucks, basically. He sucks at his job. I saw him at the thing. He, he did not know when the camera was on or whoever was behind the camera telling him, you're live. Speak now was doing a shitty job. Yeah, when they looked at him, because they like, left him hanging so often. It, there were plenty of laughs. Off the gate, thanks like, to Sid Schumann looking stupid. Thanks, uh, in my that. theater. Thanks, fag. <laughs> but the Gran Turismo Sport is that something we knew about before? Yes, we did. Um, Gran Turismo has been teased for a long time, but it's just it doesn't have the relevance because Forza is so much more prevalent. Okay. And Forza has just been consistently delivering well, a good 60 frame a second A lot of game. games year after year after year. They've been delivering a 60 frame experience game for a very long time. Gran Turismo pretty much died at the PlayStation 3. They released A-Spec a long time ago, and it just lost a lot of momentum. I, I don't see anybody caring about it. 
Also, Knack 2, I guess nobody cared about. Relegated liked, to the pre-show. I liked, you know, say what you will about the pre-show. They had some good announcements. They did, but I thought they could have put the VR announcements in the pre-show. I agree. I agree. Based off importance, or even like Call of Duty or uh, Skyrim VR. Some of that stuff they could have put in the pre-show. Because like the idea of the, whatever it was, the... There was a Dead Till Dawn game from the same studio called something else, but it was Dead Till Dawn. You're talking about the Until Dawn? Until Dawn, whatever. That was the one with all the actors. The one with the phones. Yeah. And Shu was in the in the video. No, no, no. He was playing with everybody else, all the developers. Oh yeah, he was sitting on their phones, and it was just like a vote mode on how to play together or something. I beta tested that game. It's called like What's Your Name or something. It's garbage. (laughs) Oh no, not that, not that. The just not the one you have to draw like who's no the horror game. Oh okay, yes, yes. That I thought was like that whole suite of games on your phone with your PlayStation Four. While not a great idea in my opinion, right? Still, I think. A misstep in relegating that to the pre-show as opposed to the main show do you looking back on playstation this is what i think happened during the boardroom the day after e3 2016 right they're all sitting around they're all giving themselves high fives because they won e3 last year okay yes sure and then they go okay and then sean layton comes in and he says i mean the stuffy guy in the suit the stuffy guy in the suit comes in he goes guys we won. We won. We're the best. A bunch of high fives. But we got to think of something cool to do it. What are we going to do next year? And some guy was like, let's do the same thing again. And he's like, that's right. Let's <laughs> give the fans more of what they want. Little did he know that that guy was a spy for Xbox because clearly doing the same conference two years in a row does not work. No. Not even Asshat can save the <laughs> conference two years in a row. And that was the unfortunate thing is because – there was a lot of cool things they could have talked about. But when you have these games that are in development for so long, you get this hype of what the game is going to be and what you expect it to be. And we haven't even played Detroit yet, but I can tell you, like, we know what it's going to be. And these long burns really kill momentum. That's where a game like when Bethesda giving them props Hey, we just showed you Wolfenstein 2 for the first time ever. Play it in three months. See ya. That is where you have to look at those companies and say, that's actually a really good idea. Because when you have these games, like a Cuphead, that, I mean, that's an extreme case. But you have these games. Or No Man's Sky from last year, year. After year. It's like, spit it out already. If you don't have anything to show us, don't, you don't have to have a press conference. You don't even have to be at the event if you don't want to. I mean, I think you need to be there to like, hey, we didn't die. But don't you think like you look at all these press conferences and you say, well, really, is that the best you had? You have nothing else to show us that's going to just that like, oh, one more trailer. Like how they ended last year. I mean, well, Days Gone was a little weird um, because they showed it twice last year. That was weird because people thought maybe that was supposed to be Kojima's trailer and they moved it. But, you know, taking away that like last part, like, oh, we have one more game to show you. And then it's on it's Crash Bandicoot or it's Uncharted or something you hadn't seen yet. And you're like, oh. and then it just ends. The conference is over, and you're like, what did we just see? You know, you know, there's games in development right now that we haven't seen. 
So if you don't want to show us those, like, are we going to have to see Game X that we haven't seen yet for another five years for a 2028 I mean, release? Like, like these, what, what I also... The slow burn kills it. It seemed like it all it. of the Xbox games, not all, I can't say a blanket statement, all. But a lot. Most of the Xbox games, a lot of the Xbox games on the Xbox stage, exclusive or not. Right. Exclusive or not. You know, not Metro. Well, that's not coming this fall. No way. Um... Seemed like they would be playable before the end of the calendar year. You may be right. In a similar similar way to you Bethesda. May right. You may be right. Now, all of the games that uh, were not made by Sony off Sony stage, yes. we know will be playable this year. Yes. But I can't tell you because Sony didn't tell us when these games would be coming out. Your Shadow of the Colossus may not be coming out till middle of next year. There was nothing that was like, okay, you're going to play all these games... Before next E3, I wonder if specific- much less in the fall. Like no, I don't know what I don't know what which of these games are coming out this fall, other than uh, Destiny, uh, Skyrim VR probably, and uh, Call of Duty. I wonder if this was specific to PlayStation because they have their Fan Fest event later in the year, their PlayStation experience. But still, but you've you've still missed the fall. Oh window. no, I agree, I agree. I'm just wondering if maybe they took a lot of the criticism of last year. And said, you know what? Last year's announcements were pretty bad. Let's hold a few back. Let's have our days gone moment there. Or something there. Or we're going to show you Kojima's game. I don't know. I'm just speculating. What We won't know until we get there. But I wonder because you look at kind of like what they had. And it was like, eh, I mean, was it really? Did we really need to have a press conference for this? Did we really learn anything new? Not really. And that's, that's unfortunate. It's like all these companies, all of them, I mean, across the board, every single one, I've been saying the same thing. Like, you look at what they said and what they didn't say, and it was like, well, maybe we should have skipped E3 this year. Yeah, I mean, it's if really... You don't, you know, a, it, it, I think there will be good games released this year. Of course. But I don't know that you can say that there are good exclusive games or good big top-tier games that aren't sequels that are going to be released this year. Do you... I agree. I, I agree with you 100%. And, and the fact that Sony is like, uh, I, I want to pick on them a little bit because I can and because I know you're going to defend them. Because uh, it makes good radio. Was talking about, um, I forget who it was, one of the guys was talking about, A, the, the cross-platform play with Switch on Minecraft. They're like, no, we need to, we are telling our Sony oh. people, we, we, we you know, promised them a safe environment on which to play. We can't guarantee that. On other people's servers. I'm like, safe environment? Has anybody ever gone on Call of Duty on Sony, much less Xbox or PC, and called that a safe environment? I know the game is rated M, but still, I guarantee you go on any one of those uh, multiplayer games, and there's still your 15-year-old playing an M-rated game that they shouldn't be playing, according to the ESRB, or uh, somebody cursing out somebody else on an E-rated game. So the fact that they're saying it's not safe what was, was just I'm, I'm looking up that dude because he's been just opening his mouth full of crap. Then, I don't know if it was the same guy, but like two days later, and I um, was talking about how indie games are no longer important to showcase on the conference stage. They're not focusing on that anymore, or they don't need to. He's and it was right. like, they made, I understand that he may be right, but the fact that he said that, it just seems very dismissive. And if I was an indie developer... I would be like, you don't want to showcase our big indie game. Now, maybe after No Man's Sky failed and flopped, I could understand that. But uh, You remember that PlayStation that, built their... We love yeah. indies. They built their pillar. One of the pillars was on 
open publishing, and you're right. ID at Xbox was Jim re- Ryan. Was Jim re- Ryan. He's the same guy who said both of those statements. ID at Xbox was rejiggered after Sony built PlayStation 4 Absolutely. off the indies in the first year and a half. Absolutely. And now that they seem to be abandoning it, if I was an indie developer and had a game, and I was looking at which one I wanted to launch on first and who could give me what, I would more. I would seriously would look at more at Xbox because a. I listed all those games in the video I did for your thing. There was twenty games in that three minute that little snippet video. Sizzle reel. A long sizzle reel. But they gave all those games a short little thing and told you what the name of it you was. You knew what they were about. You, you knew what it was. It wasn't just like a. Fa- it was like it wasn't like a half a second thing. And, it showed enough. And snippet. you can go back and you can probably I I probably guarantee that if you Google that game's YouTube Somebody's page, there's a longer out. trailer, probably. or a, a gameplay video or whatever. You can go look up and find out more information. I agree. Can't do that on Sony stage. It's really bizarre. I agree. That was an odd statement. Um, I don't know why that was made. And he said two things back to back, which was very bizarre. Very, and I don't. I wonder if Sony exact. I mean, there's a lot of truth to what he said, but yeah, that's not how you want to be remembered. So I'm almost curious if Sony's going to end up biting themselves in the butt and revert all the goodwill that they've had back to Xbox. Wonder. It makes you wonder. The bigger they are, um, you're right. I will say, though, as a whole, on all the press conferences, being there made it way better. <laughs> um, but I will also say that if I was at home watching it like you were, I would agree with you that a lot of these I would be like, oh, really? Yes, very very lackluster year for and that's sure. Un- and that's unfortunate. But, you know, every year can't be a home run. No, you're right. And we have to accept that there's ebbs and flows just like in movies and just like in games that every year has to be the best thing ever. And there's a lot of stuff, and if you're like me, you have a backlog of Tomb Raider and Horizon Zero Dawn, and you're going to get a PlayStation 4 Pro at some point and play them in 1080 or 4K and love it. And VR, because your wife demands that they support demands. those people instead of just buying the game demands and never playing it. Neo, I still haven't played Neo yet. Yeah. So I have a backlog, I'm not worried. Quake, Heroes, I, I have a lot to keep me busy. But I will say that I actually started my official pre-order list the other day. And it was the lightest pre-order list that I've done in a very long time. Um, Because usually one of the first things I do when I'm done is I sit down and I say, okay, here's all the games that I want. And then I actively go out and start pre-ordering them. Um, Then I go online and I tell you why pre-order is a horrible idea, but I'm doing it because I want the free stuff. Let me find (laughs) No, they're not free. You want to pay extra for the unnecessary stuff. Here's my pre-order list. You ready? Assassin's Creed Origins. Splatoon 2. I don't know why you like that game, but okay. Fortnite, Sonic Mania Collector's Edition, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Everyone's Golf, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Destiny 2, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, Marvel vs. Capcom, Shadow of War, Mario Odyssey, Need for Speed Payback, Star Wars Battlefront, and Fire, Emblem's Warrior. Fire Emblem Warriors. That's a short list, right? That's my shortest list in a long time. A very, very long time. Um... And it's because I looked at this and I was like, hmm. nothing left me with so the Far Cry fires. Five, Assassin's Creed Origins, Sea of Thieves, nothing that, nothing there. All those games look fun, but there's nothing there new that I haven't seen somewhere else. Yeah. And I I bought Assassin's Creed Unity for a dollar ninety nine on CD keys, and I yeah. don't think I'll ever play it. Well, I bought it because I'm like, oh, I need it. That game is still is forever going to be cheap on CD keys. That's for damn sure. I bought, across uh, all platforms. I didn't buy Syndicate. So I passed, and I played Origins. I played it for a very long time, and I didn't see anything that made me say, oh my god, like you figured out the formula. It's Assassin's Creed. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of at a point with all this stuff like. 
they need to end some franchises. Yes. Like, I feel like Assassin's Creed, after Origins, is over. they can end that franchise. If they're not going to move, if the, I mean, I guess I feel like they should or could do one more game, but bring the Assassins into the forefront right. to finally get the modern age tale of the Assassins versus the Templars, which they've kind of been telling in the background you over know, 10 years. You look at it. Maybe that one more game, but I feel like you could end it with Origins. Be like, this is the last game. That's yeah. it. We you, had a good run. You look at Assassin's Creed and you it, it's it's almost the same thing back to the press conference. They waited a year. Uh, this is a they took a year off or whatever right. to come back and this is what they bring, brought us. Right. And you look at it and you're like Wait, what's the difference? I mean, I, instead of eagle vision, I have to fly with an eagle. That's I thought the, that was a cool twist for being more ancient. That's the great, that's the big hook. That's what's going to make me say I, I need to get back If they that. make that challenging, like you can fly into tombs and stuff with your eagle and stuff, that would be cool. I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily because the eagle can just fly higher. I just feel like they're, I look at what they did with the franchise over the, and maybe there's more they're not showing us. But I look at it and I think, well, I didn't really see anything here that was revolutionary. Right. Not what got them on the map the first time. Right. Um, so you played that extensively at the Fan Fest. I did. And you said you talked to one of the developers and according you laid to into him, him. According to so, him. So what did you lay into him about and what did he say? I told him I was as a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I was extremely disappointed by the quality of the games as time went on. As other games and other franchises moved into next-gen, current-gen, whatever you want to call it, where we're at now, they got better, they played better, they looked better, they loaded faster, they're prettier, all that stuff. Assassin's Creed seems to just have gotten stuck in the same rut over and over. It all fell apart at Assassin's Creed 3. Black Flag as a game, as a story, was trash. Black Flag Sailing was amazing to the point that it was the first and only game I've ever platinumed because I love sailing so much. You look at the story of Duncan Walpole, the original assassin who died, and then you play the entire game as Connor, or was Connor's grandfather, Edward Kenway, right, yeah. who wasn't even an assassin, who had nothing to add to... This great lineage of assassins. Other than to take up the quest. Other than killing a bum Steal assassin, a blade. Duncan Walpole. The and, worst one ever if he got killed by And a dressing pirate. up as him and pretending to be him. And it was like, who cares? Where is the narrative? Where is this Desmond arc? Where is this? Where are we going with yeah. this? And I laid into him on that. And I laid into him on all these technical glitches that I saw in Origins, by the way. The Poppins. The buggy AI. Oh, it was there in Origins? Oh, yeah. The draw distance. The bad anti-aliasing. Did somebody get a new dress, a new colored dress as you got closer or further away? There were characters that were far away that were guys that turned into girls. Wow. Exactly like Unity had. Wow. You had the assets dropping out of air so like you'd see a horse just teleport from the sky down on the ground because that's how they load in the assets. Um, you had these really buggy cutscenes where like characters would walk through the cutscenes while you were talking. You would be fighting and trigger cutscene, and suddenly, like the cutscene would start as if like you weren't just fighting, or it would be night and suddenly it was day. All these things that are very simple to fix or explain. It was all these pre-rendered things that if it's this open-world game where I can do whatever I want, you're still going to funnel people into these pre-set experiences, 
And people are going to notice, like, I'm running around at night and suddenly I begin the quest and now it's the middle of the day. What the? Wait, what? It was just night, like, a second ago. Right. It's going to break the immersion. And I told them, I said, I was very frustrated as a really, like, a lifelong Assassin's Creed fan up until recently, how bad the quality's gotten. I'm like, you really, you should not be proud to say you're the quality engineer. I would be livid. You're walking around showing me oh, all the. He was the quality engineer. He was the quality manager for all. According to him, I, I am sure we could Google his name. He said he was. We the, don't want to shame him. He was the quality manager for Ubisoft. Period. Like the highest quality. Oh manager. wow. And and as I was telling him things, he pulled out a notebook and he was writing them down. <laughs> and I. He didn't like, trade his email. Here's my card. Let me take and yours. And I said, you know, I said, listen, I understand at a, a basic level. The more variable you add into any game, the more goofy things are going to happen. And I told them of my favorite story, uh, Skyrim, when Skyrim was coming out. That was the first. Everything is totally automated in that game. They programmed the guy to sweep the floor. Right. And the guy was supposed to sweep the floor, and they gave the broom to another character. So the guy with the broom killed the other character to pick up the broom (laughs) to sweep the floor. It was sweeping over the corpse of the other person. Then the guard arrested him. The whole game crashed because everybody got in a giant civil war. Uh-huh. Interesting. Funny bug. Interesting. The point is, when you have dynamic AI, dynamic things are going to happen. Understand that means not every variable is ever thought of. No two playthroughs will ever be the same. However, that said, the things that they can control, they don't control. When Connor used his wrist blade in Assassin's Creed 3 to kill an animal, and he didn't have a He was a a naked in a... He was a naked boy with a bow knife. Yes. And he was killing things with a wrist blade. That's just lazy. It was lazy. And it's that kind of stuff where it's like, are we supposed to pretend that's not happening? You can play that on back combat now if you want to go back and relive Relive the the, awfulness uh, of AC3. And I told him, I said, uh, you guys, what, what frustrates me is some of my fondest gaming moments are Assassin's Creed 2. Where you're climbing in those giant towers and you have to like assassinate the Pope. And it had that really cool music where you had the eagle vision and you had to solve these weird riddles. And it was so trippy and next gen. Truly next gen. You look back at that game and all the systems they implemented. It was like, whoa, you guys really pushed the envelope. And since then you haven't. Well, they've pulled back on the systems and haven't implemented any new ones. That's the problem. To to move it forward. And I and I and I told them that you know I'm I'm still a fan and I still believe and all that you know the the Assassin's Creed is is, is a very it's not irredeemable. It's Did you not, tell them you're just gonna wait on a review for Origins? I told them I said I've seen nothing here that night and I was telling them about the Scorpio, and I said I've seen nothing that you're doing to push this game. Like this this looks like every other Assassin's Creed game I've played right. with the same amount of bugs with everything. The only difference is I'm playing on a soft an Xbox development kit. So on the front of the LED screen it says Assassin's Creed Origins. And yeah. I'm using an Xbox One controller and this is quote unquote next gen. I don't see it. Now there's some magic patch you're going to apply the 11th hour and it's all going to go away. I'll eat my words and say, "You know what? I I'm wrong, but I don't see it. This game's going to get a 7 out of 10, just like everything else. It's going to be forgotten just as soon as it comes out. And we're all going to say, where did this call go? Wow. You were rough on that guy. I was. Well, I I will say, you you can't fault him for that. Because Xbox has said, and PlayStation has said, that the same games will be playable on your PS4, 
Yes. And the Pro on the One, the S, and the X. Absolutely. So they're though now the last gen or the original gen. It's getting broader. Is what that is is broaden? They're broadening the scope of what can do in in the new hardware, but they're to, limiting what they're able to do because it has to run on the old. You hardware. have to please the lowest common denominator. Yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, I will say though, with Assassin's Creed in in particular, it was cool to see what they were trying to do with the new game, with the new environment. Some of the climbing mechanics are a little better. Some of the swimming. So there are minor improvements, but I don't, I can't imagine. I feel like they just did a copy and paste like they've done every year. The same tree that you know I'm talking about, the tree that you had to climb around that you could climb through in three, that same tree is in Origins. The exact same tree. You'll see it exactly and you're like... The white ash birchwood tree from three? You will see it and you'll be like, this shit is still in this game. Like, (laughs) you can't redo the tree. Like, that's just how lazy I think they've gotten. They've re- and as a whole, going back, tying it back to the whole press conference, everybody this year was lazy. They phoned the press conferences in. They phoned the events in. And as a result, that's why we have so much to talk about because it just fell flat on every level, every press conference. All right. So uh, if you want to rate just press conferences, okay. Uh, what are... Like, who's the best? Who would you rate? I know we talked about Nintendo a little bit. Nintendo was the best, by far. Because of all new stuff that you did not know was coming. I did not know about at all about um, Fire Emblem. I did not know at all about... Metroid Prime. Metroid. Then I saw in Mario Odyssey, you get to drive vehicles, which was something new that they did not show before. And a new Kirby game, right? There's a new Kirby game. There's a new Yoshi game. Nintendo nailed it on everything. Every level. I couldn't imagine. I, I couldn't believe that they were just gonna like roll out all these new fran- all these franchises that they have on Switch that fast. You know, yeah, they were. They, they, they like, definitely. What are they gonna have for for next year? This is the launch we should have had. Yes, Nintendo, that's true. Nintendo won hands down. It was short. It was sweet. It was simple. There was no ambiguity. It was clear what was happening, when it was happening, why it was happening. Nintendo wins. There's nothing that comes close to what Nintendo did this year. Worst press conference. Xbox, no. (laughs) EA, by far. But I will say Bethesda, in hindsight, is pretty damn close. (laughs) EA, definitely, in my opinion, did not prepare. Either they didn't care, or they chose not to care, or they didn't realize how out of touch they've come with gamers. I don't know who that press conference was for, but it was not for anyone that wanted to watch it. I feel like since Titanfall was still a miss with Titanfall 2, on it being multi-platform and not... I mean, they killed it themselves by launching it against Battlefield 1. Yeah, how stupid. Um, How stupid. It it did well in March on Xbox. I don't know why they didn't wait six months and launch it this past March, three months ago. It was sad. Um, What about you? But, uh, you know, I just felt like they missed a chance to have a new franchise for them. Um, I liked... I'm not a huge Nintendo guy. I will give them. I'll say, uh, as far as for me, you know, and I've been focusing with you specifically, like this past couple of hours, right. on stuff we did not see, did not know what was coming. So just based on that, because that's what I think E3 press conferences should be, I have to give it a tie between Xbox and Nintendo. 
Nintendo, certainly the old franchises you knew and love. So, but there was certainly a quantity of them. We don't know about quality because a lot of it was short. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'll throw it over to Xbox as a tie for number one because we certainly had a lot of quantity. Did not know about the quality, but it was a lot of new IP, a lot of new games that I've never heard of, never seen before, or didn't know was coming unless it was like their annual thing, like, okay, yeah, we're going to get a Forza game this year again. Right? So I got to throw them as a tie. Uh, worst, I'll say uh, Bethesda. You thought EA was EA did not finish last by a, a slim margin. What a weird world we live in. Bethesda was the worst conference, simply because they were such a letdown in terms of new content. So I didn't we one didn't. new item, no two new items out of nine, right? Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all, um, but I'll send you the link later. Devolver Digital, who makes some of the best indie games on the planet, did a spoof press conference. Uh-huh. It's about 15 minutes long, and they shit all over E3 and everyone else. They could be the winner, but I didn't mention them because it's not like for real. Right. But um, I'll have to send you the link, and well, maybe I'll talk about it next time. Interesting. All right, quick, quick round. Uh, Lightning round. Super NES Classic. Do you think you will be able to get your hands on one? No. <laughs> not do you want it, not are you going to get one, just based what off I'm the interest- NES Classic, do you think you're going to get your hands on one? Absolutely not. And what I'm what I'm interested in about that is they announced that it's going to come with Star Fox 2. Right. And I'm like, oh, I never played that. And then I looked it up. Nobody did. No one ever did, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Here, here's what bugs me about that. Higher price point, 80 bucks. Second controller, okay, but... We're talking old technology here. It's still got a cord, right? It's cord. So it's not that there's no wireless anything driving up the it's price there. It's not like the. Uh, uh, it's eight, not your super retro pie controller. It's not controller. my eight bit do wireless NES controller I have right there. Yeah, it's not that. Um, so what's driving the price up? Less games, twenty games, whereas NES Classic, thirty games. True. I was having a conversation with our buddy Jerome on Facebook, and he was saying that the RPGs are way bigger, or whatever. And I was like, dude, you're still talking megabytes versus uh you know gigabytes uh they could put a 30 gig flash drive in there for their memory and have a a way bigger amount of games to put it in perspective part of making a raspberry raspberry pi which i've converted into the retro pi is downloading the games online right illegally i don't care The, the term the license is gone come sue me it's fine i'll delete them before you get here an average Nintendo game is under a megabyte. A megabyte. Right. I have the entire library of every Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis game ever made. I'm talking four or five thousand games. And it's like a core it's like 0.6 gigs. Every game ever, so, yeah. Even the weird Chinese like hentai games that never made it to the states. So, so that right there, the fact that they're limiting it to twenty oh. down from thirty, is ridiculous. And much less. Greedy. I'm glad you're putting in Super Mario World, but you couldn't put in Super Mario All Stars that has all the goddamn Mario games in there. Like, isn't that a fucking you know no brainer? It, uh, the the nostalgia of Nintendo is always strong with me. Clearly, my room upstairs is themed almost entirely Nintendo because it's timeless. Yeah. Zelda, Link, Kirby, Yoshi, they'll they'll never die. 
they're immortal characters. This game really touches on the heartstrings of that, and it's hard to be objective, especially knowing that it's going to be so hot to get, you're going to want to get one because of that hype. Uh, here's another thing I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, on the Kind of Funny Games Daily podcast from yesterday, they talked about this ad nauseum, and they also said that they, somebody quoted from Nintendo said, this will only be sold, the Super NES Classic, through the end of the calendar year. Wow, I did not know that. And it launches in a few months, like so, a three less than a three month span. Nintendo is the king of artificial delay, and they're continuing to. They're going to sell them out, and they're going to look great for doing it. And they're going to be the hottest console. I mean, yeah, you want to say we sold out, but if you only sell three hundred of these across the world, you can pump out. You sold out how many? Who cares? You can pump out these consoles so fast in development and in production, and they choose not to because they want it to be a. This Collector's item? demand, hard to get, and they get off on looking like heroes. Like, I, I mean, I would much rather them have more SNES classics than Switches out there in the world because they could sell a whole lot more at Christmas time yep. if they fucking put the pedal to the metal and sold these things there will be, for way cheaper in Walgreens or Walmart. There will be many a riot and many a broken heart on Christmas Day or many a rich scalper on Christmas Day. Because I've already seen them posted. People have already pre-ordered them on Amazon UK. Right. Got them shipped over. It's going to be about $94. And they're already selling them on eBay for $500. And people already... I mean, think about this. Like, you're... Remember when you were kids? At least back in our day. You went over to your friends' houses after Christmas to see what they got. And you compared loots, right? And then there was something that they had that you wanted. And then you put it on your list for your birthday or whatever oh, yeah, the next totally, totally. holiday was. Yeah, you can't you do don't that think anymore. that that type of thing, much less a Nintendo Switch, is going to move units after the holidays as well? Like, that's just... I know they're Japanese and maybe they don't have Christmas over there. But they certainly don't understand the economics of that, that factor right there just amongst kids. I guess. And they certainly make more kiddie games than m- mature games. that Eastern culture is... Empty shelves makes you look better. And I don't know. They could make a lot more money. Nintendo is extremely cash rich. Maybe they just don't care. Seriously. I mean, a company that doesn't want more money is bizarre to me. Like, how do you even function? But it seems maybe. to me like they would need it. They have all those new Switch games in development that they announced. Well, they could fund it purely with these things. Switches are still very hard to find. Very hard to find. I don't even think I'm curious. I don't even think you could get one on Amazon if you wanted to right now. I don't. I don't think so. So, well, that about does it for us. This was an epic podcast. It was. I'm glad we did it because there's so many good things to talk about. There was a lot of good things to talk about. Unfortunately, it was a, a mediocre or lackluster E3. Although I'm glad you had a great time being on the show floor. I was, and I I, I would I would say to everyone, come out with me next year. You should come. We should do a joint. Live from Hilton Room 827. <laughs> I am more interested in having a, a mandate to pack south than going to E3 next year. I would definitely make a mandate to pack south. I would like to go see your PAX East. So, I, would, I, would, I would like to do that. I would buy it. I think PAX south is in Atlanta, so we could drive up there. We could drive to Atlanta. That's six hours. That's pretty short. You know. New car. We'll take our new cars. Ooh. Maybe not. Well, you said it all. The, I, said the, it all. The closing statement that I will say to you. Because I know that there are your fans that are going to listen to this. I will definitely listen to this over the next few days because it's always interesting to hear how wrong you are in hindsight. Uh, (laughs) Is 
I would encourage you to continue doing your YouTube channel because it was very enjoyable. And you haven't been. I understand. You know, you have a busy life, family man. It's honestly, it's been hard to. It's uh, hard, but I'll tell you what. Find stuff to talk about all the time because I've been wrapped up in the E3 there stuff. There are so many good things that you could talk about. I do need to upload your video you gave me. I need to you, put that up there. I need to, I'm going to give you your book on the way out. I'm going to kick you out the door, and on the way out, I'll hand you your Batman, and then you can bring me another one, and I'll start on that. But it's fun when you do videos. I enjoy them, even though I have no idea what you're talking about most of the time. But I do include art, so that you can look at the I pictures like of what I'm talking about half art. the time. So you should continue. If you, unless you don't like the hobby. I can't force no, you. No, no, I, I like it. I like it. It's a lot easier when my uh, laptop that I do all that on is in the house. Gotcha. Whereas opposed to when my wife travels or whatever, she takes it with so her. So the next time we'll get together will probably be for our annual Destiny throwdown. We, we should have a Destiny post-mortem. I've been... Destiny 2. I will tell you, and this is the last thing, and then I'll let you go, and you could be done with this podcast. I... I still want to get Destiny with you on Xbox. I just don't. But you're know still torn. I'm torn. I don't know if you're gonna play with me. I can't confirm it. Every time I talk to you, your life gets busier, and that's great. It's good you have a life outside of me and Destiny. But I don't have a, a child. Right. And my life is gaming, so I need that commitment. <laughs> And, and I, I can't force you to give it. No, no, you're right. Let me, uh, let me explain to you how this works so, when you have a child. Go ahead. Uh, there is this app I use on my phone. It's called a calendar. And it is the main way I use to communicate with my wife right. that I want to do things with other people. I understand. Just like how tonight it has Brent hang out with Jim from 5 until 11, which we're not going to go that long. But I, I blocked out that time. Just in case. So if there is an evening where you're like, I want to play some Destiny... I want to play some Destiny with and Brent. it's not on the calendar. Too bad. I don't need it on the calendar necessarily. I need you to holler at me and text me and say, hey, let's play De some Destiny tonight. Because then I can say, hey, look, wifey, I got an appointment. Jim is texting me. He I wants to, to play. I got to go upstairs. I got to make some time tonight to play with him because he wants to do it. That's a lot easier to justify than like random times when you're on and trying to match up like I'm on randomly you're on randomly and so forth I'm just saying that, that so the, let's make an effort I will make it I will make I will make this promise to you the promise on destiny 2 I will make an effort to play with you at least one day per year one day a week one day a week what am I going to do the other six days you're going to have you just talked about your whole backlog of stuff there's going to be more switch games out Quake will have fully launched by then. You know, look at all those say? games. What does that say right there? Look at all those games. Read that aloud. Uh, Destiny 2, September 8th for question mark, question mark, question mark. That's the every other game notice for Xbox, for PlayStation, for PlayStation, for Switch, for Xbox One. Just saying. It's always a joy to do podcasts. I will make an effort for to you to play until Christmas time, one day, one night a week, one day a week. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to make an effort so I'm going to text you but if I'm texting you and you're not on it, like you know I can't help it like we never got gears going even though I bought it off your recommendation like that was a good it. game still play a lot of it I don't I'm not on I guess when you're playing and you're not on when I'm playing so that is the dilemma the life the life, the life. we live 
of an adult gamer. So thank you everybody for watching. Don't forget you can watch Jim Afanis on YouTube at Viper Magic V Y P E R P E R M A J I K. You can watch all of my E3 conference reaction videos in depth. And also I would recommend watching all of Jim's E3 coverage videos of talking about him actually being there at the conferences, at the events, at the Fan Fest, at the Bethesda Land. And also, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, BK's Bullets, where it is a comics YouTube channel. Uh, I'm trying to focus on more comic books as opposed to just doing movies, which I know comic timing has seemed like that's all we do anymore. It's very difficult to schedule now that we all get busier, as you just heard uh, Jim complaining to me. But that is the life of adults. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have a dedicated day anymore in college. When we first started out on Comic Time, we had a dedicated day, Thursday nights, 10 o'clock. Unless something came up, we were all there. So uh, we will make an effort to get more episodes out to you uh, in, that, in that spirit. So thank you all for listening. And with that, we say goodbye. Or as Jim says on YouTube, okay. see you. We'll see you on the other side. On the other side.